Welcome to a new episode of Nothing New, a Remake Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Justin Kizan, and across the table from me is... Hi, I'm Andrew Lindy. Okay, um... Bit of an interesting month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, whenever I told people the episode we're doing, and they're not uh, film fanatics or cinema fans, uh, the reaction I've been getting is, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for us, it's just like, really? You're remaking this? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> this is the film that you chose. <laughs> Oh. To remake. This so was... what, we're, what we're talking about is Papillon from 1973. And Papillon from 2018. <laughs> yeah, or 2017. That's true. Technic- it was technically finished in 2017. It, yeah. Like IMDb and, and Wikipedia have their very like specific like, yeah, it technically came out at a festival last year. Yeah. So it just uh, took this long for distribution. Like mm-hmm. technically, we probably could have if we saw it. I think it's, it premiered at TIFF, Toronto Film Fest, yes. in September. Uh, and it got released this year in August. Um, yeah, this is a, this is definitely one of those cases where it's like, like yeah, your, your, our reaction was that. It's just like, wait, first off, this, you made this? <laughs> yeah. You picked a, the, the films to remake. You remade Papillon? Yeah. With this cast? <laughs> it's a, okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting choice. Um, but before we go into talking about Papillon and Papillon, yeah. um, <laughs> we have a little bit of remake news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, just announced this week that uh, Eddie Murphy is in talks to star in a remake of Grumpy Old Men. Okay. Okay. And I feel like an old man because I'm like, that's too nude to be. Oh, that was 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Andrew, I have a question to ask you about grumpy, or old, grumpy Old Men starring Eddie Murphy. Sure. Do you think he will play both men? Oh, oh, you asked me that and I never had considered it. And now it's, that's not Eddie Murphy. No, no. No, no, because now, you know, now you've got me thinking he is going to play more than one role. Yeah. And if it's not both men, it's like the man and maybe his his dad, like they're going to throw in an older man that he can just put on even more old man makeup. Because, you know, okay, here's the thing. Eddie Murphy is is a little older, but Mm -hmm. he's not as old as either of the stars of the original? Yeah, he wasn't like Jack Lemmon and Marth, Mar- uh, uh, Walter Matthau? No. Walter Matthau, yeah. uh, you know, at that point. Yeah. You know, the he's, and, you know, hey, listen, he, he looked pretty good for his So, yeah, is this going to be a case where it's going to be like an excuse to put on old makeup on Eddie and then... I, I which is possible. Yeah. I, I also feel like Eddie Murphy's had had a little bit of a, 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 a situation with movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Tower Heist? Yeah. I yeah. Wow, that was something, huh? Um, I think it was Mr. Church. Yeah, he tried to come back with Mr. Church, and that was more of a drama. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I heard it was good, but it just didn't... Yeah. Nobody really connected with it. Right. Uh, and and then, of course, uh, f- uh, the other infamous one was A Thousand Words, which I think Ooh. was, like, shelved for over a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's Eddie Murphy has a certain style of comedy that people react to. Yeah. And then something happened where the world went, yeah, hey, we're good now. <laughs> and uh, he stopped. There's also a thing that a lot of people have brought up that Eddie is just 
developed this bit of a weird, and this is going to sound strange. Mm-hmm. I've heard he's developed a bit of a weird stage fright. Oh, in terms of his comedy, mm-hmm. there was an appearance that he, you know, they they did the 40th anniversary of SNL, right? So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And they yeah. did as many cast members as they can bring back to do bits, and that's including Bill Murray doing the lounge singer again and all that classic stuff. And Eddie did, was there. Mm-hmm. You know, Eddie showed up. Eddie was on stage, and everyone's like, "Oh crap, you got Eddie!" But everyone noticed it. He didn't. He tried a joke once, and then. Like, very small, subtle joke, but he didn't want to do, like, a routine. Mm. He was just saying, hey, I'm very grateful for SNL and yada, yada. But everyone like, knows, like, oh, wow, you really, you, you couldn't even do a joke. Like, you didn't even want to try to do a comedy mm. beat. Like, like nothing specific. So it's his weird case. Like, it's just, is he just sort of doesn't want to be staring with his comedy anymore? I don't know. Mm. Like, that's why something like A Thousand Words is safe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Like it's, um, this sounds like a good payday for Eddie if he wants to do it. So. Yeah. And, then, d- yeah. and you know what? I'd watch it. That's the thing. We'll see. I'll see the trailer and go, <laughs> I'll, I, if I, if I'm not, listen, uh-huh. it, the chances of Eddie not wearing old person makeup is unlikely mm. in terms of not wearing old person makeup. He will probably be wearing <laughs> some sort of old person makeup yeah hopefully it's more like life i'm not even saying that professor life with martin lawrence than norbit oh yeah we should no 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 to norbit no to norbit um andrew you have i well this isn't (laughs) this is not remake news necessarily Mm -hmm. but it was something that i heard um on a another podcast where they mentioned uh that that a, a film that is coming out very soon and looks very good uh, is in fact a remake. And uh, I, it escaped us because it is a remake of a British series from the 1980s, uh, Widows. Oh! <laughs> yeah. What? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, the, the way that, that the story goes is that um, Steve McQueen, mm-hmm. because he is British. Yes. Uh, not the Steve McQueen from Papillon, but the Steve okay, McQueen, no, no, no. who is good the save. director good of save. Widows. <laughs> uh, he, um, the, the way the story goes is that perhaps this is something that he remembers watching and thinking, wow, I'd love to do a take on this. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a miniseries, so it was something like four hours long. So they're trimming that down into like a two-hour movie. Yeah. But this is not the first time it was remade. It was... What? There was a an American miniseries in the late nineties with Brooke Shields. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy when you, when we think we know a remake, we think yeah. we can, we can like smell it. We can yeah. sense it. We're like in a theater and the trailer comes on. And we go, that's familiar. <laughs> that has happened before. But it, I thought, Oh, widows. What a great original idea for a film that Stephen Queen is doing. Yeah. And then I find out it's based on a miniseries. Which I don't is- think that that pulls the rug out from under it. I think it's still going to be great. Yeah. 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 And I think even, um, Gillian Flynn is, uh, as credited as, uh, writing, writing on it. Yeah. And, uh, uh she did gone girl and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think they're obviously they're pumping it up. They're, they're going to switch some stuff out. It's not going to be exactly the same. And obviously yeah. it's modern and it's America and yeah. it's, you know, but I, I'm just like, wow, wow. Remakes are everywhere. They're all around us. That's yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's wild. I didn't like, I was ready for none of that. Yeah. Like everything you said, I was like, not ready 
one bit. Like it's um, and I think what's cool about whatever McQueen does is that he basically went, I love the idea of it, hmm. and I want to recontextualize it as a movie. It's kind of like how weirdly enough, like the Equalizer mm. is it is an adaptation, yeah, of a TV show, <laughs> yeah, but. From what I can tell, like, it's like they took the basic premise of the show and the title and literally that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. You know, the only thing about the TV show recall is that it starred uh, the lead actor from Wicker Man. Mm. And and he's like kind of older Mm. as a, ironically, this is an American show. So it's a British badass (laughs) hurting, you know, like, you know, doing like vigilante stuff. But the opening credits is freaking dope and it's awesome really and none of that's in the denzel washington movie <laughs> but it's fine because the denzel movie is it's sort of enjoyable in its own way yeah but that's like but that if you if no one knew about that weird tv show from the 80s everyone's like oh denzel and like a like as a vigilante movie thing cool i'm into that mm-hmm. sure why not and so that's what that's the thing was going on with widows i'm seeing the trailer like, oh this was kind of solid yeah it's a good cast good director Cool, it's a good idea, Steve McQueen. (laughs) What a great original idea. Great original. You and Gillian Flynn worked up together. Apparently, Brooke Shields beat Vile Davis. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's yeah. I'm just. um, I mean, that would be an interesting thing for us to take on. But we. I mean, we we only did the miniseries that one time with it. Yeah. That was our. Every once in a while, we'll break a rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We'll we'll do something funny like that. Right. Normally, Um, normally we're just film to film. Yeah. Film to film. Film to film. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. Yeah, ninety percent of the time we're film to film, and yeah. um, it's it's kind of a packed rest of the year, so we yeah. don't even have like we don't even know how we're gonna fit in the November stuff. I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out. Like no, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a packed year. I, <laughs> I think we go back and forth on like, are we gonna do this? What are we gonna do? We're yeah. doing this now. It's like, wait, should we do that? Should we should like yeah? No, so that's that's kind of the interesting thing about the show. Like you you will never not have an episode because there'll be always something. Something, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Okie doke. So. All right, here we go. <laughs> Papillon. Yeah. 1973. Um, so the director of this film mm-hmm. is not unknown to us. Right. Uh, Franklin J. Schaffner. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know that name? It sounds familiar. Do you want to elaborate? <laughs> uh, he directed Planet of the Apes. Yes. <laughs> Which we talked about <laughs> in our apes uh, extravaganza, where we—I we, mean, mm-hmm. the what was it War for the Planet? We did War for the we did planet? Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Now he just yeah. he did the cl- the original yes. Planet of the Apes, the very first Planet of the mm-hmm. Apes. Um, and we compared Battle to War. Yes, War was the new one. Yes, yeah, yes, and uh, it wasn't. So that was another one where we were breaking the rules. It wasn't strictly a remake, but it was so interesting. Yeah, the the way that the two universes were <laughs> were coming together, <laughs> the old apes and the new apes canon were meeting in the middle. Uh, it was really something. But yeah, F- Franklin J. Schaffner. Um, and his film he followed up with uh, after Planet of the Apes is Patton. Mm. So you know he he is no uh, slouch to classic. Classics in American cinema. Yeah. Um, we also got, oh, a little, you mentioned, it's weird, you mentioned his name, uh-huh. it ain't the same guy, Yeah. but it's just, but it is super iconic of a, of a movie star, and that person is Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, Steve McQueen is so good. He's such a good actor. Yes. I'm just, I just... I I was watching this. I, he was what I was holding on to. I was like, <laughs> I was like Steve McQueen, come on, carry me through this. Let me ask you something. Though. Have you seen? Have you heard of Papillon? Or have you seen Papillon before we did this? Episode? No, 
Okay, I had not seen it. Yeah. I had heard of it, and I didn't... I mean, I knew it was an escape film, a prison yeah. escape film. Right. I didn't know that it was so... I mean, I guess the name's French for butterfly, so I didn't right. know it was so French. Like, I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just imagined that it was like, oh, they're getting out of Rikers Island or something. I didn't think it was it's, as crazy as it is. It's not wrong for me to slightly confuse it with another Steve McQueen escape movie which was that the greatest oh right of course <laughs> it's they're not the same movie at no. all clearly mm. but there's an element i've almost wondered if mcqueen when he got you know when he got offered the role he's like you think do you think that's a little cutting it close to the other one like it's not even the same decade it's been a while but it's a very different movie altogether but there's a i had to imagine that he just paused a little bit and go should I be doing this one? <laughs> yeah, I I think he has a really interesting um, trajectory to his career mm-hmm. because as he as he went later, you know, as he got older, he kind of shied away from actiony films and was kind of going. He like insisted on being in the um, the, the 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 version of an uh, enemy of the people, right? Which is based on like an, an old like Dutch play or something. Mm-hmm. which has been done dozens of times like yeah, throughout yeah. cinema because it's so famous. Right. And it's 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 a talker. Like it's just people in rooms like arguing about ethics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he like grew a beard for it. Yeah. And it's just no one knows everyone uh like at the time when it came out no one knew how to advertise it. No one knew how to so they like just put his face all over the poster. They're like, "Yeah, he's he's in it. You okay over there?" My metal water bottle just like dropped. I apologize. That scared me a little. Like I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like I was I was, I'm unfamiliar with the new room recording, uh-huh. so I didn't. It just didn't do well. It so um, yeah. continue. Yeah, I just think Steve McQueen is just a very interesting actor. Yeah, I knew the main thing that was going to get me through, uh, and the only reason I'm saying getting me through is that uh, Papillon story mm. is not easy to sit through. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a very like brutal um it's a prison movie yeah. like it's it's a movie where you see kind of i, I don't know if i want to call it the realities of prison mm-hmm. but it's just the the idea of like the the system's corrupt yeah. uh you know the 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 prisoners you know beat each other up it's it's you know it's this is not what what i think was intended when prison was made you know what i yeah. mean yeah. like it just it turns into like this whole horrible system that we have to watch right and that's also kind of the point of the movie i feel like yeah, yeah by yeah. the end of the movie it's it's kind of like this system doesn't last right like that's kind of the end of it you know no of course yeah uh, but not just no and i think that is probably the reason why he agreed to do it mm-hmm. is because it was a film that was going to have him really be pushed as a performer really yeah. be pushed as an actor and the character isn't you know it's funny the character kind of comes off as why you would cast Steve McQueen, right? Mm. He's 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 tough. He's uh, on top of it. But then the movie, the, the story of Papillon then turns into a moment where he's like, he's not in control. Yeah. And he's not uh, going to be getting out of here anytime soon. And that's where it does become a very big different uh, different movie than Great Escape. Mm. Um, the other actor I was hanging my hat on is, a, is one of my personal favorites. A, a, a dude who I can watch and practically anything is a man by the name of Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Oh man, do I love Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I um I think it's kind of interesting. So, 
Steve McQueen's character is called Papillon after the butterfly tattoo mm-hmm. that he has, but his real name is on Henri Charrier, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And uh, Dustin Hoff is playing Louis Degas. Yeah. Or D- Degas. Like they, Degas, they, yeah. They, they, really, <laughs> they really play with... So this is one of those weird things where it is uh, a film that's in English, yes. but all the characters are supposed to be French. Right. So sometimes I feel like, especially with the name pronunciation, they just really give up. They just Americanize <laughs> everything. And it's that funny thing of when you're watching a film set in another country, but everyone's speaking English with an accent or something. Yeah. People here aren't using accents even. They're all just speaking very plain English. Yeah. Except for the characters that are actually French or wherever, or some European. So it's kind of... It's always a weird rule. Yeah. yeah it's a weird... It's And I think it, for me, it bothers... Where it bothers me is the names and, and it bothers me with the immersion. Yeah. So when they when they'll pronounce a French name in an American way, I'm just like, oh, that kind of takes me out of it. Cause that's, yeah. it's clearly, you're just like, you're, you're reading a script. You're not, you're not <laughs> living it. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, that's all I wanted to mention. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> the Degas, it's like, sometimes they call him Degas. Sometimes they call him <laughs> like, they just, they really go footloose with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, and he's, um, shall we, shall we discuss the characters? Yeah, please. <laughs> because Papillon, um, uh, Stephen Queen's character is, uh, uh, he he says that he did not commit the murder which he is convicted of. Mm-hmm. He is a thief, not a murderer. Yeah, and he is convicted of murdering a, a pimp. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all. You the movie starts with they're going to prison. That is all the information you learn about. Yeah, that is given to you in this movie. Yeah, I want to be clear. We want about to make that, that clear <laughs> in this film. And it starts with them just they're going to prison. Yeah, they have. They're walking down the streets into the ship that'll take them off to the prison yep. island. Like, like yeah, yeah, no. Well, and I want to bring up the reason why we keep saying in this film because yeah. I'm looking even right now at the Wikipedia page for the plot. It the first sentence is well, technically speaking, they didn't mention that. Yeah, yeah. but there you go. Like, yeah, there's like, oh, this character is it. Mm, technically speaking, they didn't bring that up in Papillon mm-hmm. in 1973. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we we meet them already getting ready to go on the on the boat. Yeah, and eh. Dega is convicted of um, embezzlement. Embezzlement. He 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 forged um, bonds. Yeah, bonds to to help the war. What's mm-hmm. the year in this? It's like very early. It's very early, which I don't even think <laughs> it's like nineteen. Oh, it's nineteen thirty three. Yeah, okay. I don't think they've even brought that. Yeah, okay, okay. They did nineteen thirty three. Yeah. Okay. That's I'm I'm on Wikipedia. That's that's oh, that's, all fine. I, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not going by memory or anything. But I, they they make a bigger deal. Of, I'll just say I, without getting too into it. In the in the remake, they make a bigger deal of saying what year it is. Right. But in in this one, they kind of just roll with it. You're just right. supposed to just like ah, it's it's the 30s. Who it's, knows? It's in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they definitely. Uh. It's something to do with there was a war and he forged some bonds. So it's it's. But he's like the best forger. There's another character who definitely identifies him as like, oh, that's Degas. He's the best forger. He can yeah. forge anything. Like. So that's that's their crimes. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's an interesting thing with movies that are set in prisons or have characters who are criminals, where it's like the crimes that they've committed or supposedly have committed have to be not so bad that we, the audience, <laughs> hate them. Yeah, because there are characters like yeah. we have to go along on the journey with them, even if they're antiheroes, even if they do kill, we have to see that there is in their eyes some kind of justification for it. Right. 
Yeah. So the fact that Papillon is so adamant he, he did not commit the crime that he is convicted of, mm-hmm. and that's why he's trying to escape, because this is uh, this is injustice yeah. to him. We have to be on board with that. Right. And we are. Yeah. We're like, yeah, I guess we'll believe you because we don't have any evidence otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Papillon's already setting his goal to get out. Mm. And one of the deals is the... Uh, is deciding to team up with Dega. Yes. Because Dega... Is Dega a, has money. Dega has money. Yeah. Dega's got... Dega's money. He's got money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's... So he wears glasses, so we're supposed to tell that he's weak and a nerd. Yeah. And he needs protection. <laughs> but, I mean, yes. Yeah. But also it does kind of work in terms of your casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dustin is a little smaller than... Just a tiny bit smaller yeah. than McQueen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the way Hoffman plays the role. And this is where I can see, like, this is why you get Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. This is why you get a dude like Hoffman because he is. This is early Hoffman, so when he's very good at coming up with a distinctive character, mm-hmm. uh, that's and everything. I love everything about what he does with the guys. His body, his body movements, the way he walks around, mm-hmm. even uh, the way he talks. Yeah, it's yeah. a very specific. And I had read that it was based in part on uh, uh, Trumbo, uh, Dalton mm-hmm. Trumbo, who was the screenwriter yeah. of this film. Oh, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, and he cameos in the first like scene. Mm-hmm. He's the man who's who's yelling at the, he's like in charge and he's, I think he's he's credited as like the commandant. He, yeah. And he tells them like, France has forgotten you. It is not your home anymore. Right. That is, that is him at the very beginning. Right. And he was only in that one scene because because he got ill afterwards, and so he was unable Whoa. to keep filming little bits like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is based, I mean, we didn't even say that this is based on a true story. Like, yes. So it's, it's based off of memoirs written by, uh, yeah, uh, written by Henry. And, and, and I, how did you pronounce it earlier? Cher, Cherrier? Cherrier. It is written based off his book. Yes. Yeah. And so he, he claims to be Papillon, like this, but, and, and it is very disputed. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the, um, the French, uh, uh, I don't know what they're called, the French uh, justice system. Like, mm-hmm. they dispute it. You know, the prisons dispute it. They're like, no one has ever escaped. No one has ever, you know, <laughs> all these things. And so it's kind of like where we, I, I don't know if, do we believe it? I mean, as, <laughs> we obviously didn't read the book. We just watched right. the movie. And obviously from book to movie, there's even changes. Right. Uh, but it's it's kind of that idea of like Hell, from how even the movie to movie there's even changes. there's even changes yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so I I, I think th- there's this idea of like I don't I don't know how you feel Justin when when you mm-hmm. watch a movie that says it's based on a true story or yeah. or inspired by a true story however they word it like yeah. d- does that matter to you because it it upsets me sometimes <laughs> it, it 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 depends on the quality of the movie mm-hmm. at the end of the day for me it's um and like if the movie if I'm really swept up with the story of the film mm-hmm. uh then I could kind of sort of not care as much about if it's based on truth in terms of how much they they want to push that on me. Yeah. That's another key thing. So like example would be like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Which is they claim based on a true story, which I went like uh, like they they heard about Ed Gain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he never chased anyone with a chainsaw. Nope, didn't, yeah. didn't didn't have any of that stuff with the Texas house or war. No, it's it's like they heard about Ed Gain and went, well, that's a real thing. Yeah, and then did a totally different thing, but uh, you could claim it as it's based on a true story. That's mm-hmm. one of those cases where I don't care. Yeah, because it's its own thing. Um, whereas someone like this is is pushed on being based on a true story in mm-hmm. both versions of the film. Yeah, and so in this case, it's like. I will accept that there's a good amount of this is probably is factual. 
Well, and I think that's that's the other thing is it's not just that it's whether or not it's factual. It's I I think for me it also is it's never too convenient for the characters. There's nothing that's happening that is like that we'd, we we if it would happen to us we'd go like wow what unbelievable luck that we had. Like these characters really, you know, fight and struggle for what they accomplish. Right. And so I think I think that makes it at least valid in my in my sense where I'm like okay, even if some of this isn't true, it's a good story and it's not just like look at me I'm so smart and I'm so good and I did it all by myself. Right. Yeah. Right right right. No, exactly. Mhm. Yeah, I th- I think I think that's really where it comes down to cuz other otherwise m- most of the time I do get I get upset cuz I'm like this is how could this be a true story? Yeah. But it's like <laughs> this one makes it makes it about the struggle and makes it there's like good there's good payoff I'd say right. with with the the time spent and the people met and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh so I mean now here's the characters get a little I'm just going to say there there are two main characters. Yes. And, and and the other there's a lot of other characters. That's a good way of putting it. There are a lot of other characters. <laughs> and a lot of them have French names. A lot of them have names that are never said in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh the way that the credits are presented are bizarre to me. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I mean, this is in at the end of the film, the third billing mm-hmm. is for a character called Indian Chief. Yeah. Now I I know who that is. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And yeah, that character, I guess, has 10 minutes of screen time. Says no words. Mm-mm. No words spoken. Yep. Uh, you know? And then, uh, who is it? There's uh, the uh, 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 Zoraima. That name is never said. No. She is never given that name. No. She has no lines. No. She's a love interest? <laughs> like, let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah sure, why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rat- Ratna Asan plays Zoraima. And it's mm-hmm. like... A, a wordless role that lasts maybe 10, 15 minutes. Right. And it, nothing. It's just so there's, so there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say, I mean, I don't, I think this is the right character. Julo or Julot, mm-hmm. uh, uh, played by Don Gordon. Uh, he, he's in it for the beginning parts. Yep. <laughs> and, and then, um, Matt, Matcherette, he's, he's there for, for kind of, a the, the middle escape yep. that occurs. Uh, Clu- uh, Clusoy or Cluso? You're doing well. Keep going. <laughs> I I'm just. I'm. It, it, so these are all just characters that that show up. Now I, you- I think it's 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 hard in that sense because we want to mention characters that we know are going to be relevant for our talk about the 2017 film. Right. But it, it, in their way that they the characters kind of come and go in this film. There's a, there's one actor I, I I didn't even know he I didn't even realize he's in it apparently and I did I'm just Ooh. looking at it. Bill Moomy from Lost in Space? I'm trying, I can't. As oh, there he is. Larot? Lar- or Lariot? Yeah, Lariot. It's like, like, what the? I Where was. Yeah. Like, that's the I other. I didn't even see. I didn't recognize him. Like, yeah. That's our. You know what's weird? Huh. That's our second Bill Moomy in the original film appearance. What was he in the. Captain another? America. Oh. Who was he in Captain America? See, you see, he, that's his deal. He bees in. He's in these movies that we don't even realize he's in these movies. Is he the doctor get that gets shot? He no, that's the, a lady. He was with the general character that was oh. later played by Darren McGavin oh. in the present uh-huh. okay, day. Okay. That's okay. Wild. Mm-hmm. Bill Mooney is almost going to get an award for our show by <laughs> the, for, his, for his weird appearances. Yeah. Um, that what? Sorry, I'm just. I just. I was just super weirded out because like, where were you? 
I didn't. You were in this thing. Yeah. So no. there, I mean, I just want to mention there's like a lot of characters. Yeah. And some of them will will be relevant when we discuss the remake, and some of them have the names changed. Yeah. And a lot of them, <laughs> I, as we're saying, as I'm trying to say in this one, we don't find out their names within the film. Like it's just so everything just kind of like goes and goes and goes. Yeah. So that makes it tricky to discuss it in that sense, but we're gonna do our best. Okay, so AO, FYI, so Bill Mooney is one of the kids that they met up in the beginning. He's like the young, he's one of the young guys they met up in the boat that gets killed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at a photo right now and went, oh, oh, there you are. Ye- like, I'm showing yeah, a photo, yeah, yeah. I'm showing oh, no, a photo I of Andrew. Yeah, right I see it. Yeah, yeah, I see him. I see him. Yeah, very familiar. That's but, wild. Yeah, very, now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So okay. So let's let's kind of go let's through. Let's move forward, right? Yeah, yeah, and let's go through the the kind of key scenes and sequences that we have yeah. here. Especially because a lot of these, uh, for sure, I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's of course the big uh, after. There's the first scene where in which Papillon offers his uh, protection. Yes. To Dega. Um, and um, how do you overall feel about that? Like, is it? It's because it feels like it's 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 definitely two men kind of sussing each other out. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, and I I I think. Um, and Degas is right to be suspicious. Of course. He, I mean, he's, at least he's not stupid. Like, put it that way. (laughs) Um, if, if, I mean, he's, he's, he's not smart enough to not get caught, but he's, he's not stupid once he gets on the boat. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it takes an event that happens on the boat where a man sleeping next to Degas is killed for his money. Right. Um, they do make a bit, and I don't, I don't know how early it's mentioned in this one, but the men do hide money mm-hmm. and other things that they want to bring with them up their butt. Yep. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's, that's kind of uh, for anyone who has watched any prison show or prison movie, that's kind of like a weirdly understood, you know, idea thing. Yeah. Uh, and they make it very clear in this one though. <laughs> uh, there is totally a, a line that I was not expecting where, mm-hmm. where Steve McQueen's Papillon, he says, <laughs> He says, uh, or is it him or the guy that he's talking to? He says, like, humans are mm. the only creatures that hide things up their ass or whatever. It's just no, like. It's def- it, was, it was McQueen. Yeah. yeah it was Papillon. <laughs> and and then the other like, guy. Wow. And then, like, the other guy bring him a really disgusting detail about how he almost got sick in the other prison for all the stuff he kept hiding up his ass. Yeah. Uh, so this is normal. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's so the the man next sleeping next to Dega gets killed mm-hmm. and specifically like gutted yeah. so they can get the items that he is hiding right, uh, which is disgusting and <laughs> horrible and it and it does scare Dega yeah and that's when he decides to partner up with Papillon yeah yeah and already the following night Papillon uh, proves his worth mm-hmm. by already kind of catching one of some other guys who's going to definitely attack Dega yeah. in the boat and it's it's actually it's this is one of those like this is why you hire Steve McQueen <laughs> he's like super kind of cool and slick about how he goes up to these guys mm-hmm. and he's brutal slices a guy's face cuts the other guy's throat yeah um which is, I guess it's kind of neat if you look at it from Degas' point of view. It's like, <laughs> I've, uh, oh boy, I better, I teamed up with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going uh, on, yeah. And then when they, so when they get to the, the kind of prison island that yeah. they're at, uh, it's just such a strange concept for me. Like when I was watching this film for the first time, I'm just like, wow, they like, they send their prisoners yeah. to another, I like, off of, I mean, it's French territory. It's French Guiana is is where they're at technically, 
and it's it, but it's like across the ocean. Like yeah. it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not just like oh, you're going you know upstate to yeah. the to the nearest prison. No, this is you're gone. And if you you know do many you know, like more like you know, try to escape any more mystery meters of that fashion, you are then sent to another island. Yeah, <laughs> a more uh, uh, an even more uh, isolated island. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so there's a whole bit where they're getting off the boat and the guy that, um, that Papillon has been talking to, Mm -hmm. he has been here before. Right. He has served time before. Right. And it is so rough for him that he's like, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. So he's, he, he breaks his leg or cuts his leg. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, falls down off the boat so that he can be taken immediately to the infirmary. Yeah. So that he doesn't have to go through everything that he's gone through before. Right. He's going to try and skate by in the infirmary and maybe escape. He, it's, it's a little unclear in this one, but right. he's just like, I can't handle this. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's really, you know, it's, it's brutal to see this guy stab himself in the leg and then just tumble yeah. off of this boat. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's just yelling at the prisoners. Keep going, keep going. You know, don't, you know, don't even stop for him. Just step right over him. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, we've already get, then we after that we get to our kind of the seeing their home where they're going to be staying mm-hmm. in and making their first rounds of deals. Yeah. Um, hey, if we pay you to help us out to figure out how we can maybe I don't know get a because there's either two jobs you can work at the hospital or the labor. Yeah. And obviously they were like, hey, not the labor. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, let's do some paperwork, not yeah. some hard work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's what they have to. They try to make the deal by spending. You know. You know because yeah, Dega, since Dega has the money, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, hey, we'll pay you this much if you help us out this much. Um, there's always, yeah, you know, further kind of reminding yourself about where the money's at. Yeah. After they make the deal with this one guy who seems to have the inside, you know, you know Papillon's like, hey, uh, don't you have to go to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, interesting point out, though, that. Right when he's about to, the guy who made these, oh, you have to pay me now. Almost as if we're going to avoid that scene. Yeah. I find that interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a little interesting. The And then um, they they have their moment where they're being assigned work. Mm-hmm. Um, and Degas is like kind of being like snooty about it. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like, oh, I believe you have some paperwork for, <laughs> <laughs> for us. And uh, the guy that they paid off does hand over and he says like, oh, here you go. Mm-hmm. And they're about to get the good work. They're about yeah. to get the nice, easy hospital paperwork, office work. And then someone recognizes Degas. Yeah. And Degas like, Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of Degas out there. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, you're getting hard work. Yeah. And this is where Papillon is like, did I make a mistake? Did <laughs> I choose the wrong partner? This guy's too hot. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a kind of a quarry that they're working on where yeah. it's just like blasting the natural rock formations for, ore or my, some kind of mining, mm-hmm. uh, and they have to move the big rocks around and, yeah. uh, it's, it's just like, a it's, no, it's, it looks painful. It looks painful. No. Yeah. It looks really bad. There, there's also a scene here, uh, where we see a man get beheaded. Yes. There is a guillotine prominently displayed in the center of kind of the living quarters camp area. Mm-hmm. And this is a man that we have not met before. This right. is a, this is a <laughs> random character. Uh, in fact, he is speaking Spanish, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting that he's not, perhaps he's not French. Maybe he's, who knows, you know, how, how he ended up here. Um, and he is beheaded. Now, it is 1973, so the... 
the the cut in the film, not the cut on the neck. The cut in the film <laughs> is very obvious where they did the in- insert. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so like it's fine. Yeah. I get it. I give it a no. It's like I'm not here to go like who bad editing. It's like it's 1973. It's 1973. So lay, lay off. <laughs> the, the, the trick still works more. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. yeah I, I know where. Yeah. So it's fine. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, after that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, wait, do we go to... But they have... So there's... there's. I have it in my mind as there is kind of a... The, I, I have it in my mind the series of escapes that occur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they... Um, part of their work isn't just the quarry. They get some work trying to catch butterflies. Yeah. And I, I wondered if this was Trumbo being a little like, oh, his name's Papillon. Yeah. And he's catching butterflies. Oh, look at me. I'm clever. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how real this is because there's right. a, there's even a part where they're like, what do you use the butterflies for? And they're like, oh, we grind them up for paint. Right. And it's like, okay, I guess that's a real thing. Sure. But but, uh, but like that seems kind of like a bizarre <laughs> yeah. bit of business to throw in this movie uh, along with all their other hard labor stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where... Um, it uh, Papillon tries to make a deal with the with the butterfly man. Yeah, uh, who's just it's like his business to sell the butterflies away. He's not part of the prison, which means he's kind of an outside yeah. uh, job that in which hey, this guy could help us get out of here. Yeah, and yeah. so the deal with Papillon tries to make is like hey, pay you this much. Do you have a boat? Yeah, nearby that we can hook a ride with. So which the guy's like. Okay, yeah, maybe here. I like, just shut up. Well, and, and he but and he said, almost comes. There's a psycho. He doubles the he doubles yeah. the cost. Even. Yeah, yeah. There's also a mild psycho in which he thinks he's gonna call out Papillon. And yeah, he's like he calls out to a guard, but mm-hmm. then he tells the guard, "Oh, this this prisoner caught such a great butterfly. Where's his net?" And the guard's yeah. like, "Oh, I will go get him a net." Right, right, <laughs> See, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, but he's he's definitely like overselling. Mm-hmm. Like he's already he, like asked for way more than Papillon has. Yeah, and he guess he can do it but it's kind of bs <laughs> yeah i i think and i think a lot of the times what happens with papillon is when these people want more than he has mm-hmm. he either tries to tell them i can get it to you later yeah or i think he just believes once he gets the boat or whatever he wants he'll just run off with it like he just yeah. he'll give them what he has and say like sorry bye like right. it's not it's not so much of a concern to him that it's too much money it's just he's trying to work within his means and they always want more right i which i guess if you want to talk about like the struggles that that they have to deal with, unlike say some other Prison Escape movies or Prison Escape stories, mm-hmm. even ones that even the one that you know Steve McQueen starred in, um, <laughs> is that it's not easy. And like, I, even in a weird way, the purpose of the film and the story that Papillon was trying to tell in his book is to showcase, like, hey, you know, despite what you've read in fiction or saw in films, this is rougher than anything you've ever heard of yeah. before. Like. Yeah, it's pretty tough in prison. You have no idea how tough it is in prison. Oh, you want to escape? Well, it's not going to take a motorcycle jumping over a fence to do it. Yeah, you can't just dig a hole. You can't just dig a hole. (laughs) It's going to be like you have all these risks and you're relying on these other shady people that have just as much chance to screw you over as what you have intention to possibly screw them over. Yeah. Um, Which I guess is part of the purpose of doing this movie and doing the story and maybe even another reason that McQueen was asked and decided to do it. It's like, it's subversion. Mm-hmm. It's a version of what people expect these kind of stories end up being. And here's movie star, Steve McQueen struggling, being in pain, getting tortured. And it is 
And he's it is you know it is not like we figured. Oh, I don't want to be in prison. It's like no, seriously, you do not want to go to prison. I I also think this this uh, if I remember correctly, this movie was made pretty quickly after the book came out. Yeah, and um, the book was like a hit. Yeah. So it was you know the 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 film company struck fast. They were yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, this is you know this is a hit. Who can we get? Oh my god, we got McQueen. Like right, it's, right. it was just kind of <laughs> uh, one of those situations. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so he makes this kind of deal. Yeah. And part of the deal was that it's going to be like in a week. Mm-hmm. It's not today. It's not tomorrow. But then something happens. Right. Where. Uh, um, well, um, there's, they, a, there's a dead body they find. Yeah. And it's raining. And, mm. you know, a guard just ordered Papillon Degas to, to take the body and put it on a horse. They mm. realize the body is the gentleman who tried to cut his leg, who cut his leg to fake his injury. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, you know, obviously beyond the fact that it's it's a combination of hey it's a guy we knew and his throat slashed that Dega just can't take the visual image of this dead body he's got to carry yeah so and he throws up yeah and and the guard just starts beating him yeah the guard it's it's not even you know uh, there's no I mean there's no nice beating I'm no. not gonna try and pretend like that but it's just like it gets brutal yeah he's just like get up and he just starts whipping him and beating him. Mm-hmm. And so Papillon's like, well, that's my money, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he kind of makes this split second decision of like, I gotta stop this guard. Right. And he try at first he tries to help Degas, mm-hmm. but then the guard wants to beat him too. I find it fascinating Papillon is and this is again another case of subverting Steve McQueen's image. Uh that Papillon is going, I'm sorry, sir. I'm really sorry. Well, I'm, you know, my friend, I can take care. Like he's he's actively acting weak. Yeah. To show him, like, please stop hurting him. So that you don't hurt us, please. Do. But again, the guard's being brutal and doesn't doesn't care. And that's when Papillon does knock and beat up the guard. Yeah, and just it's like screw it, and he runs, and he runs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, let's put it down. Escape attempt number one. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a skip kid number one. Yeah. <laughs> put that on the chalkboard. <laughs> now uh, there was a, a speech at the uh, kind of at the beginning um, um, where it's it's kind of made it's not abundantly clear, but it's basically if you attempt to escape. Um, there, so the reason why they have the guillotine mm-hmm. is that if your escape attempt kills a guard, you die, and it's just like that. Mm-hmm. And if you attempt to escape and are caught, you go to isolation for two years. Yeah. If you uh, escape and fail again after that it is five more years on top of your sentence in isolation Mm -hmm. uh so he knows he knows what it's going to cost if he fails at this it will be two years in isolation and he knows not to kill a guard because then he will get beheaded publicly uh so he just tries to you know he runs yeah uh, and he, I, I, you know, he he thinks he can make it to the to the butterfly man or something. He mm-hmm. thinks he can make it to the spot where there he's supposed to meet him. Yeah. Uh, and he gets there, and he's like, "Hey, you know, good to see you." And he's like, "Yep, you too." And then th- there's like three people waiting to take him away. Right. Because of course, <laughs> the prison has another ha, ones will one up anything that the prisoners can do. Of course, the prison will pay these people who live on this island mm-hmm. if they f- find a prisoner and bring him back. Yeah, we'll pay you. Yeah. So of course, this man is not going to risk you know all. Oh this. yeah, I'm gonna be real helpful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so of course he's gonna say like, yeah, come on down, mm-hmm. and then yeah, he just sends him right back. Get uh, get the little money in his pocket either way. 
so now Papillon's at the basically he's in isolation now, and yes. this is kind of where I almost feel like this is the showcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I will totally agree with you here. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I I think in a film so. The isolation, it is not just isolation, it is silence. Mm -hmm. Prisoners in isolation are not allowed to speak. Right. No talking at all. Man, that is really tricky for them for this movie, though. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, it's tricky for any movie when you have a sequence with no sound or no talking. Yeah. Uh, And so I, I think that's it. Actors want to do that to show it elevates a performance. Right. Um, and it does. I think yeah, McQueen yeah, yeah. does it great here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, and this is again, like you know, like why do you, you know, like again, like I keep bringing this up a lot, but I think this is the more I'm seeing it, the more I realize, like, oh, this is the main reason why McQueen definitely agreed to do mm-hmm. the film is like this is Steve McQueen really, as you brought up earlier. Uh, uh, this is a great counter. This is a great like uh, that was a great point to bring up about him kind of want to move on from action a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is the idea that like I get to act, and this movie is sold on an idea that's familiar to audience. Oh, Steve McQueen is a prisoner. But he will not have an easy time here. He will not... I mean, I didn't say he had an easy time in Great Escape. But, like, mm-hmm. he will be... You'll see him in ways you probably will never be comfortable. You were not ready to see Steve McQueen as. Yeah. And this is exactly what they delivered in this in this sequence here. Um, we see um, that, yeah, already you get your standard. There's bugs. There's, uh, he's basically fed soup. He's, uh, barely, you know, he's trying to figure out how he can stay active in a small cell. Yeah. They do, they do a little bit of, um, where one of the guards, when he's going in, they're, they're like, oh, you have to be quiet, you know, absolute silence. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, and this, this place will do things to you. Yeah. You will see things. Mm-hmm. And he's like, whatever. And then, yeah, he does see things. <laughs> yeah, we, we get, we get that good little, uh, kind of dream sequency bit. Um, where I I'm just so I'm so into um like a like a dream sequence in a movie sure and I think when it's done well it it tells you more than a regular scene could ever tell you oh yeah because it it lets you literally just look into a character's head and be like what are they worried about what are they thinking about what do yeah. they want to do um so he has this kind of vision of himself and Degas. Uh, in a car mm-hmm. back on the streets of France yep. in a parade. Yeah. It's like they're, they've come home. Everyone's yeah. like celebrating. Everyone's happy. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. And then everything stops. Mm-hmm. He's the only one on the street now. Yeah. And he looks at the end of the street and there's two familiar faces, two <laughs> prisoners that we had met earlier in the film. Yeah. But if, if you'll recall, they do not make it. They are prisoners who have died. Right. And as, the way that this is shot, Oh yeah. Just took my breath away yes. because yes. this is this is the counterpoint to the like okay the guillotine shot wasn't that great. Yeah, this yeah. is the point where it's like now they're just showing up. <laughs> You're looking down the street mm-hmm. at uh Papillon who starts running towards the camera. Mm-hmm. Slow motion. Yep. Which is like that's a dream. That's we've had I've had dreams where I mm-hmm. I try and run and all of a sudden I can't. Yeah. It, this, so this is already like the dream imagery is perfect. Mm-hmm. Then it begins to spin. Oh, I love the this. whole shot does a complete 180. Yeah. And I believe the way that they did this, I see, I, I, I think they did this in editing, mm-hmm. not with the camera physically, mm-hmm. because you can kind of see the way that the film distorts mm-hmm. when it comes around full circle. Right. Which 
I love. Yeah. Because that, to me, adds to the dream quality. It adds to the unrealness of what you're seeing. And now he's running full speed upside down, but it's it's just a visual trick, but it's beautiful. Yeah. And then when he gets to the two people that he remembers, they are pale and ghastly and also upside down. And so is he. And so is he. And then just in still in slow motion, he just says, you're dead. <laughs> and it's like, that's the end of the dream. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, that was, that's what we want. That's yeah. the stuff. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. That's, that, that to me is like probably the best shot of the film. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's funny. Cause like when you think of how uh, dream sequences are portrayed in this time period, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's almost as if it's like the whole point is that it wants you to take your time and to realize how it's not real. And it does it. And frankly, you know, things are off, you know, visual cues are wrong. But it's like this weird, slow, like, oh, this is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like the scene where we find out how he's like, they accuse me of being a pimp. It's like him walking in the desert. He's wearing yeah. a nice suit. Yeah. That's what we want <laughs> a, to see Steve a, McQueen wearing. A killer hat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's talking to a group of people that we kind of sort of don't 100% identify. Yeah. I guess they're kind of a judge. and Judge and jury, jury but, but we're not sure. Yeah. And that's the most information we've gotten about why he's there, what he feels, mm-hmm. you know. But it is like all these really cool visual things. It's very simple. It's not, you know, there's no super, you know, like that's an amazing camera uh, editing trick you just mentioned. Mm. Um, but that's great for the second dream, right? You got to build yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, First yeah. dream is just pretty simple. He's slowly walking. It's just a cut back and forth. And he's like just acting off. Yeah. And that's exactly how dream sequences are done in this time period. Um, there's a lot of really cool, um, interesting things about how he's just trying to hold his time here. Like he's counting how the spaces, how big yeah. the, the room is. I think that's a real classic when you're in isolation mm-hmm. uh, thing for a prisoner to do. They they walk the paces. They see how much space they actually have. Yeah. Um, there's a whole thing where he's so when he's getting his food and water. Yes. Um, at yeah. some point he starts getting a little extra. Yeah. A little something extra in his water. A coconut. A coconut. Uh, there's a note here. I'm assuming this is from Degas, right? I I believe so. Yeah. The notes from Degas saying like, "Hey, I've basically Degas paid off somebody mm-hmm. to just slip him half a coconut." Yeah. Um, and it's you know, and that's one of those cases where it's like. If all you're fed is whatever questionable water that's yeah. in the bucket. He does have a, a bit where he he has the weird soup and he, he starts to drink it and he kind of gags a little. And then he says to himself real quiet, he goes, eat what they give you. Yeah. Eat what they give you. Like, yeah. And that's true. I mean, he's got to keep his strength up, but if he's going to make it out of here. Yeah. 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 This, so um, here is this fresh coconut um, that, you know, at the very minimum, was like, this will give you a little oomph. Yeah. It'll give you some, you know, like just something to keep you going. Yeah. Um, side note, I, I realize I've never eaten a fresh coconut. Yeah. The, so he's eating the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. You just bite right in. Yeah. I just figured <laughs> you scoop out the flesh. And, uh-huh. but also he has to hide the whole thing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. he, so like, no. Also, hey, I'm sure that even the, the rough skin of a coconut is better than whatever soup he's been eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's his little retreat, his little reward yeah. to keep going. And then one day he opens his water and it's not a coconut. Oh, no, it's a crab. It's a crab. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little funny. I thought that was a little funny. Well, yeah, I know. Well, for two seconds, I almost thought like, oh, did he, did he go? I was like, hey, I gave you a crab. Yeah. <laughs> you can't eat raw crab, so I didn't understand. How, yeah, it's like you can't cooking here what the heck no it, it, the, the, the isolation we haven't really described it but sure. i mean hopefully you've seen the film but it's the idea is that 
they're being watched from above. Yeah. There's a walkway and bars on top of each isolated uh, uh, kind of cell. Yeah. And then there's a little, you know, there's the regular door and then there's the little door that they throw the food and water through. Yeah. So it's kind of like he, you know, he can secretly eat a coconut as long as he knows that the, he, he doesn't hear the footsteps and he doesn't see a man above him. Mm-hmm. He can kind of get in a corner, eat it, and then when the man comes by, just kind of hide a little. Right. Yeah. Um, but he did, someone got, they, they caught on mm-hmm. and now they're asking for a name. Yeah. Like who's giving this? Somebody? Now the, the, the man who is now, I'm, I want to point this out. Yeah. Trumbo, Dalton Trumbo, the screenwriter makes a cameo at the beginning of the film as mm-hmm. kind of the commandant of the prison. Right. When they get to the prison, they get the whole speech about if you try and escape, we're going to kill you and catch you and whatever. That's a different man. That's a different man. Yeah. Now, the man here who is described as the warden is a third man. Yeah. <laughs> this prison has too much bureaucracy. There's too many layers <laughs> to the people in charge. Now, this third man is the one that sticks with the most of the film. Right. He is the one that questions mm-hmm. uh, uh, Papillon about the coconut. He's the one that kind of deals with everything else that we see of, uh, the warden should. Right. So I'm just kind of, you know, it, it was one of those things where I was like, wow, how many men are we going to meet? <laughs> like, they're not that important. No, no. no, no. Uh, but I, I do think he does a, a pretty good job, mm-hmm. uh, this this warden type character. And uh, and yeah, he's, he's like, oh, give me a name, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a whole bit when he's in isolation where... Uh, we see that they're going to get haircuts. They just stick their head out of the hole. Yeah. Uh, and then there's there's kind of a, an ending bit where it looks like Papillon's going to give up a name. It looks like he's lost his mind. Right. And he's going to finally give up a name. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't. He yeah. just he's just messing around with the warden at this point. <laughs> um, one of the deals with now, yeah, one of his uh, the big uh, punishment he got for the coconut getting and for not giving the name mm-hmm. is half his rations are cut. Yes. And full dark isolation. Full, yeah. The full, Which is, oof. Yeah. So he is now dealing with complete dark except for one beam of light. So you can see Steve's face. Yeah. But that is implying enough to go like, and this is how it's going to be probably for the rest of his time here. Yeah. Um, so he serves his time. He serves his time. Uh, they do kind of an interesting um, editing trick that I wanted to note. Sure. Where... Um, after his time is served, what what we see? Oh, while he's in there, we do get flashes of Degas mm-hmm. talking to other prisoners, and we see that Degas has kind of risen up the ranks. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, and he's and and I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting that we're seeing what Degas up to, but even though it's kind of nothing. Mm. And then, but once the time is served, what we see with Degas is now he is standing up at the platform, working with the keys and the paperwork of the warden or whoever's in charge, and we hear the same speech. Yeah. That was given to them when they came to the island. Mm-hmm. But now he is working on the same level as all the, the guards. Right. And so it's like this shifted perspective mm-hmm. where now we see, God, this is reality. This is yeah. what is real now. Yeah. Because most of what we, we didn't really get a lot of information while uh, Papillon's in isolation. Mm-hmm. But now we see, and Degas sees them pulling people out of isolation, including Papillon, and th- that he's not doing too great. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's like, you know, why didn't you give him a name? You know, blah, mm. blah. Uh, and this is where they start formulating a plan. Escape. <laughs> Number, Number two. two. <laughs> it's a real, there's a lot of escapes. <laughs> it's a lot of, a, uh, we could call this the many escapes, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, this is, um, this plan's a little strange, but it, I mean, it mostly. Hey, 
Do what you got. <laughs> yeah. There's some kind of event going on so that all the guards and everything will be mostly distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, so Papillon teams up with, uh, it's a guy that he'd met before, but I don't remember when. Yeah. And uh, and then he gets help from... Um, a younger man. A younger man who just straight up is like, hey... I'm gay. I'm a yeah. No, uh, he says it in a in a bad term. I'm not. Well, it's. it's I don't. Does he say poof? I'm very. Yeah, he does say. Yeah, poof. I'm sorry. I wanted to say what he said. That's what he said. Well, and keep in mind this is '73, and yeah. keeping in mind the story takes place in the '30s, so it's yeah. it's definitely uh, yeah, obviously not how mm. we would write the character now. The character is now, but it's yeah, definitely, and, but, and he's very. But he is weirdly open about it, and he says, yeah. "I, you know, if you let me escape with you, I will distract the uh, what do they call him? The well, key, the key master. The they key, have yeah. some. Well, there's like a very uncomfortable scene that I was surprised how explicit it got, mm-hmm. where we see the young man is sleeping in his bed in the hospital, and then we see like kind of like the key guy. He's like uh, one of the other. He's another prisoner, I'm assuming. Yeah, and he's like at the level of Degas. Yeah, where, yeah." But he's you know very unsavory, pretty gross, and we mm-hmm. see him inappropriately touching, and the young man, and uh, uh, yeah, and I get it. like the young man's a very pretty dude. Let's I understand. So it's like one of those. Oh, I get it for uh for us for a prison thing. This is that uncomfortable thing that like these men have to go through as well. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I'm just kind of surprised like how explicit they were talking about it in the movie from '73. But I guess I should probably not be like. I, I get always get kind of like thrown off when this stuff gets really more explicit in major films. Yeah. And yeah, this is a major film. It was, it was, uh, they did have money problems. So it had, it was kind of a handoff. Yeah. It started with what, like allied artists and I got Pat now like Warner brothers Warner owns the rights or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's one of those weird things where like, this is a major film, mm-hmm. but it just, it had like a, a troubled production because the cost was crazy. Right. And it's a really dark, like yeah. yeah so i mean i totally it's i understand it's, it's a bit of a hard sell mm-hmm. um so yeah this uh you know papillon asked the guy to, to do this and that he kind of wasn't sure about it at first because like i don't want to, you know he's like i'm not a whore yeah so i don't want to do that but realizing he's like you know but the original plan was he was just gonna pay him the man then goes like okay i'll do it mm-hmm. but you're gonna bring me with you yeah i'm gonna go too and then, so part of this is that there is a corrupt doctor mm-hmm. who they can pay off and he doesn't care. He'll help people escape and he's done it before. Yeah. And he's like, I'll give you a boat. It'll be at this place. You just give me the money. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't care. Yeah. And um, at this point, Papillon is, is he's like, I've been cross, double crossed before. And he's like, if you double cross me, I will find you and kill you. Yeah. And the doctor says... I don't care. I killed my whole family. It'd be a great thing to die. And I'm just like, <laughs> excuse me? Bah! And then that's bah! that's it. That character has one scene. Yeah. That's his major line. And then he goes away? Way. Yeah. What the hell? It's a now, screwed up prison. And see, well, not just a screwed up prison, but I also thought, is this some uh, sort of ugly racial thing? Mm. Because the, the doctor is kind of portrayed as... I, I don't even know how to describe Indian. Like it's it's a very uh, broad performance that this actor is pulling off. Who I think they tanned up the actor. Like I don't think. Yeah. It's just very odd. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was kind of like I don't know if this is some weird racism or if this is just bad writing or just uh, or just another layer of like this place is sucks and is bad and is going to kill you. Like, yeah. It, so 
any which way you want to read that, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird scene, but they're going to get their boat. Yeah. According to this man. Right. Um, um, Dega, at this point, wasn't sure if he was going to go or not. Yeah, I think Dega was... Dega seems pretty content with staying. Yeah. Well, uh, he still believes that his wife is going to get him out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He... he yeah, it's later in the film we find out that that's not going to happen. Yeah, no. Um, it's interesting where we find that the information that Dega thinks he still has a chance of getting out, even though now it's been clear it's been a couple years. Yeah. Um, but no, regardless of that. Um, uh, so so they they all kind of um, is a performance. Yes. Mm-hmm. They so so everyone's going to be distracted. So they start their escape, yeah. uh, and then the one man who who I do not remember his name, but mm-hmm. is, is coming along with Papillon and uh, Maturette is no. the, is the, um, the young gay man. I don't yeah, yeah, I, yeah. If he's, he, um, he makes it, Papillon makes it. The third man is a little slower. Yep. He gets stuck around a corner. Mm-hmm. A guard finds him. Uh, uh, and Dega is there. Yeah. Sees this happen mm-hmm. and tries to knock out the guard secretly right. so that he will not be implicated, but, that he can go back to his work and everyone can get away with it. Right. And another prisoner sees that Degas has done this. Right. So Degas now leaves. And Degas is just like, I, I can't kill this prisoner. I can't shut him up. Damn it, i got to climb this fucking wall. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, here I go. Yep. Uh, so he he takes the place of the third man, mm-hmm. uh, gets over the wall, breaks his leg on the yeah. way down right. the wall. Yep. Uh, and then, so then they just start running. Yeah. Um. We do find out that Dega's like injury is pretty pretty bad. It's fractured. Yeah, it's not just a little sprain. It's, they, it's actually fractured. They yeah. find the boat. Yeah. Um, and the boat, as as uh, I believe Papillon says, it's kindling. It yeah. is just it is just rotted wood. It is just not going to work as a boat. Yeah. Um, and this is where they have to uh, fix the leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, which now Maturette does this weird thing where he like twists Dega's neck and that knocks him out. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell did I just see? Yeah, for two seconds away, did he just kill Dega? <laughs> and a, no, apparently he knocked him no, out. No, he did the Vulcan pinch. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the way we called, yeah, yeah. The Vulcan mm. nerve twist yeah. of the neck. So, and and he uses that in, in order to knock him out just long enough that he can break the leg again and reset it. Yeah. Uh, which is going to hurt way worse if he was awake for it. Yeah. So when he does wake up, he is still in pain, but at least now his leg will heal properly. So right. they, they get some wood and they set that. Mm. This is where Papillon starts to look around. He's like, well, let me let me get a lay of, you know, lay of the land here, see what see what I can do with this. Right. And he runs into uh, another man. Very intimidating man. Yeah. Uh, with some very interesting facial tattoos. A face tattoo, yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe he's described as like a kind of a hitman like kind of like a hunter assassin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um he's not he's not with the prison mm-hmm. uh, uh and he's not really on either side right he seems to just kind of be live and let live yeah um and so what what he has also done is that he killed two men that were waiting to jump papillon and mm-hmm. his friends and he has them just over on the side. Yeah. I, I don't... Is it clear whether or not those are guards or men that the doctor uses? Probably. Not really. Like, yeah. I'm going to assume... They're not guards, but I'm going to assume they were kind of, like, maybe mercenaries. Yeah. That would, like, it's this case, much like the, the gentleman that jumped Papillon before with the butterfly guy. Mm-hmm. Those were guys I just figured, listen, it's more money if we just get you. Yeah. And I don't think they were they were associated with with the prison as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he basically was like, listen, I killed these guys. 
Obviously, the boat sucks. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, but I can take you to a place where you can get a boat. Yeah. Um, you have to make a weird makeshift boat. Yeah. Um, and that will take you to another place that you can get a real boat. Yeah. Uh, I actually kind of like this character's brief appearance. Yeah, he's, he's pretty interesting. Yeah, I even like the you know the you know like he's can tell that Degas really looking at him, and he's like, "You like the face tattoo?" He's like, "Um, it's very, it's it's, it's interesting." Yeah, I thought I liked it when I was younger, before I was drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I wasn't sure how to read this character, whether or not he he's kind of like. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure how to read this character, but I, I, I wanted to know more. And the movie, in typical fashion, tells me nothing. <laughs> a, a character has one scene where we kind of get to know them, and then they go away. They go away. Um, so where he takes them to get a makeshift boat that'll go to a real boat place is a leper colony. Yeah. Now, this sequence is is interesting. Yeah. Because do, do you think... So this was after Planet of the Apes. Yes, this is definitely do, after Planet Do you Apes. think Franklin was just like, can we get some... Face prosthetics? Where can I get some face prosthetics <laughs> in this thing? I'm itching. Can I get... I, I'm I need, itching. I need somebody under latex. Jo- George, <laughs> George George C. Scott said no, and I said Patton. I was like, oh, give me... Like, hey, how about more? And George's like, no. <laughs> I said, Patton has a big, big nose. Just get a big nose on there. No, I was like, Frank, no. <laughs> no. Um, it's also funny because also uh, Jerry Goldsmith also did the score to this film. <laughs> yeah. As well as Planet of the Apes. So there is a vague... It's it's interesting. One of the things that I love the Planet of the Apes score is its uniqueness and its sound, you know, of, of combining like this sort of urban jungle thing mm-hmm. in which it seems like when he did Papillon, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but it does feel like Gary Jerry Goldsmith's like, I'm just gonna use some of that again. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember hearing like, this score sounds familiar. <laughs> huh. Who did this? Oh, Jerry Goldsmith. That makes sense. Um so yeah, maybe that's the thing. He's just in terms of the leprosy. Yeah, I bet you that's another case where he's like it's one guy. It's one guy. Yeah. And some, some, some makeup, please. So, so they, <laughs> they have this, this scene where he's kind of in shadow at first. Yeah. Uh, and he offers to share a cigar with Papillon. Yeah. Uh, and when he comes out of the shadow, you can see the leprosy that is, uh, uh taken over his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we also see later that he, um, he has kind of one of his arms, uh, d- does, does not fully function. Uh, it's kind of uh, I don't I don't know if they really show it as like a nub or just kind of in a sling. Mm. It's a it, you know we we see that this is you know a colony. These are people who are also forgotten by the world. Right. These are people that also the world says we need to put you somewhere so that we can get rid of you. <laughs> and so I I think we're supposed to see that's the connection that is being made from prisoner to to leper to to a person with leprosy. Uh, and and uh, when they eventually leave. Uh, Steve McQueen has this really, it's, it's kind of like a, a great moment where he reaches, uh, out to kind of shake his hand, uh, something that I think this man is not accustomed to ever. Right. And so at first he kind of recoils and then he, and then he senses what's going on and he, and he smiles a little. <laughs> it's a real, I, I think it's, it's really nice. Um, fun fact mm-hmm. about the actor who played the lep, you know, the, this, this, this man with leprosy. Yeah. He actually appeared in Matrix Reloaded. Oh. And Matrix Revolution. Uh, he was kind of one of the... Uh, his character is Counselor Heyman. Okay. And he's one of the people from the city of Zion. Oh, okay. So there's a, you know, he's got a scene with Keanu. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he, I actually vaguely remember this character. But wow. I, uh, I was kind of going like, what else has he done? Oh, there it is. <laughs> hmm. uh, so then they use... They take this boat 
Um, and then this, they end up. I see. Is it implied that they? No, they do. They do crash. They crash. Yes. And um, what we see is they get caught on the beach walking. Still, you know, Degas' leg is not healed, <laughs> so they're helping him walk, and they're caught by police. Like this is just straight up police. Yeah. Um, and they kind of manage to distract them for just a second, and they try and run all three of them. Right. And the only one who I believe actually gets away is Papillon. At this point, he leaves Degas in the dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he leaves him <laughs> just face down. Uh, I don't think Maturette makes it. No, uh, no. Yeah. He definitely gets caught. I remember mm-hmm. now. Um, and so Papillon manages to get away and then he kind of makes a life <laughs> with a, a kind of a tribe, kind of a, a native people to wherever he is. It's it's not exactly clear, but he's somewhere in South America. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it, they have a whole thing, which I'm going to tell you it's bad. Go ahead. Where, I mean, this is the scene where he has the love interest that has no lines and name is never said. Right. But then there's a whole thing where the leader, I mm-hmm. guess, or the elder yeah. of this tribe, yeah. this group of people, mm-hmm. um, points at Papillon's tattoo and then points at himself I want as tattoo. if to say, I want this tattoo. Yeah. So then Papillon gives this guy that tattoo that he had on him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is the, this is the, you know, this is as close as they're going to get to a white savior in this film. Like, why do they need this? You, you know, it's really hilarious <laughs> of what, of the points you just brought up that just hit me right now. Hmm. So you're telling me the mysterious white man who's a, Famous movie star who crash lands on a native who base up meets up with a bunch of natives, falls in love with a non-speaking native woman. Yeah, and this is all happening in ten to fifteen minutes, remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, is what happens to Charlton Heston's character in Planet of the Apes. Because Papillon's shut, relationship shut up. Papillon's <laughs> relationship insane. is very similar to that of Heston and Nova. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I I didn't even really put that together to honestly when you brought up his lover that has no lines went, yeah. <laughs> what the I'll call you Nova. No, Nova. Um, Can you love? <laughs> Jesus. Do you love me? Can the, you love me? <laughs> the So it's just it's just bad. Like it's just really, and then and then I guess he's like tired of his life there, and he's like, I want to go to my well, people. What happened was that he woke up because there was a sequence we saw with a bunch of like they. We know that they're pearl collectors. Mm-hmm. They, oh right. He woke up. They're gone. I don't know what happened. Oh yeah. They all left, even the lover, and they left him like a little tiny bag of pearls. Right, right, right. Um, so, I don't know why this was here. I don't know if this was in the book. I if. If it was a small chapter in the book, it was like, well, then why bother if you're going to do it for 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. So so then he ends up traveling into some kind of a city mm-hmm. and, he, and he, he wants to stay at a like a missionary. Yeah. Kind of like a church with with uh, with housing attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the he offers, you know, they're like, oh, why should we let you stay here? You might steal from us. And. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, here's this is all that I have. It's mine. I'll leave yeah. it with you and take it when I go. Right. Like, I'm because I know that you're. He knows that people of of 
supposedly, you know, people of faith, people of God mm-hmm. uh, would, would be more trustworthy than pretty much anyone else. Right. Um, well, that was a I, Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a big one. Yeah. And so then the lady's like, well, you know, what crime did you do? What? And he said, well, murder, but I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, if you'll repent, blah, blah, you know, and he's like, okay, whatever. So he just wants to stay the night as he travels around and he is awoken and there's the police and he gets taken back. Good job, Papillon. Should have trusted the nuns. (laughs) So we know what's going to happen. He's going to get the five year treatment. He doesn't look well after these five years. No, they, they skip the whole five years. Yeah. And we just, he is now gray. Yeah. He is gray haired. And I'm going to say that it's not even that naturally he would be gray haired at this point. It is the stress. It yeah. is the the horrific conditions that can, you know, that is known to pre-age people. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think about a lot in terms of, I mean, I don't like thinking about it now because of our president, but yeah. presidents in the past when they take their job seriously and they worry about their people and they do their job, yep. they go gray over the four years. I they, mean, I mean, we saw it with Obama. I we saw it with <laughs> Clinton. I think, you know, yeah. George, w., like all the recent presidents in our memory, they, you know, they age prematurely because you take the weight of something like that. And yeah. that's, that's exactly what's happening to Steve McQueen here in prison. He's yeah. taking a, a bigger burden than any other person would at this time. And so, yeah, it's been seven years, but also it, for him, it's like 20, like right. in his <laughs> body. Um, so um, what was I going to say? Well, oh, so when he gets out of what, what we see is him getting out yeah. now after the five years mm-hmm. and um, he sees Maturette yes, one last time. Right. Who he is. He has gotten out of the isolation, but mm-hmm. he is not doing good. Yeah. And he dies. Right. Right there. Uh, and then what he finds out is, well, well, Papillon, you've escaped too much now. <laughs> so we're going to send you to Devil's Island. <laughs> yeah, which um, it's it's not a good place. No, it's where they send the people that are too bad. And generally it's it's weird because when you see what Devil's Island is, it's like you get there and then you get like a little house. And then it's and then they say, like, uh, you're kind of on your own, you know, uh, don't don't disturb other people because they won't like it. People here are territorial. (laughs) So there's your house. uh, Live there and don't make too much noise. Okay, bye. Yeah. It's kind of it's that weird thing where I I feel like this doesn't feel like as much of a punishment, Mm -hmm. except it is. Yeah, because it's the way the isolation is, is the guards. There are not guards patrolling. Yeah. So, yeah, you're. Your neighbor could kill you, You're, but it's yeah. it's it's just kind of like a no holds barred. Just anything goes in this place. There's yeah. there's a hierarchy, but it's also you're dumped on this thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they don't even they're not even going to try any form of order here. Yeah. You are literally on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dega's there. Dega's there. <laughs> Dega's been there. Ooh, he's been there for a while. Yeah, and. Uh, this it they make it very apparent that Dega has lost touch with reality. Yes. He he talks to he has some pigs or something. Yeah. That he he's raising, I guess is he going to eat them? Mm-hmm. Are they just his friends? It's yeah. it's a little unclear. Right. It's unclear if Dega knows where he is right now. 
Well, for sure. Yeah. No. Uh, this is the point in this film when he reveals that his wife has married his lawyer. Right. And so his his chances of getting out are now zero. Zero. No. The they he will not get an appeal. Right. And he is now so deep in this system that he can't get out. Yeah. Escape would be his only way out. Right. Um. But and Papillon seems to try and want to keep a friendship, but Degas is so far gone it's and got, perhaps yeah. mad at him as well. Sure. Uh, because of the failed attempts and because of he broke his leg and they had to leave him and it was a whole bad situation. Now, what's interesting here is that um, there is something kind of set up very early in the movie mm-hmm. by one of the other prisoners. Uh, probably one of the ones who got, like, probably, I think his leg, this is the one who got his leg cut Yeah, uh, on the boat. And he brings this up and it's, it is what we call seeding. Yeah. <laughs> in which, um, if you look at the current on a certain island, uh, if you float on the current, it could take you back to the mainland. And so it was brought up and set up a gun in Act 1, set up a wave scenario in Act 1. Mm-hmm. So Papillon's on the island, figuring out what he's going to do. He's looking out into the ocean, sees the current. As he's Funny enough, he's eating a coconut. The irony I find that interesting to me <laughs> is that, like, coconut was his salvation. Uh, and I, in a weird way, uh, coconut was his salvation in... Um, Isolation. Mm-hmm. What's funny is that Coconut gave him the idea. Yeah. <laughs> For attempt number three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so his plan is to just kind of make a raft mm-hmm. out of... Essentially a giant flat- like floaty yeah. bag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's going to throw that down mm-hmm. into the water, mm-hmm. and then he's going to jump on down in with it, grab on, and ride that thing to wherever it takes him. Yeah. Apparently, you know, he, he, it's interesting. I like the scenes where he's, it's, it does show like this bit of like, it does kind of feel like this bit of like, oh, Papillon, stop. Yeah. Because he's telling him to go, hey, hey. Now he's all wide eyed. Yeah. And, and, uh, and just like completely lost. He's like, hey, hey, I have a new plan. I have a new plan. It's gonna be great. You, you we're going to do this. Right. You're in. Oh, Sure. Is Degas' reaction? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sure, oh yeah, of course. Uh-huh. You know, I'll, yeah, why not? And but you can tell again, he's so off that he's more occupied with his gardening and his pigs. <laughs> yeah. So, I I think uh, uh, this one it's more clear that Degas not going to join him. Yes. It is not a last minute decision. It is a decision that he has made early on. Yeah. But he will go along with Papillon because what else is he going to do? Right. Yeah. Uh, so they they get up to the top of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're about to go. Mm-hmm. And Degas like, no, nah, I, I live here now. <laughs> this is this is for me. Yeah. And Papillon's like, good to know you. Yeah. And uh, Steve McQueen did this stunt. Yes. He said, he was he like, insisted. I'm going to do this stunt. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he jumped off of this cliff. And it's a, it is a, a good shot. It is, yeah. It is kind of, uh, there's a little bit of a backlight, but you can tell that it is Steve McQueen mm-hmm. jumping into the water. Yeah. And he kind of comes flying off of this cliff and he kind of like uh, does kind of a running in the air and then pew, hits that water. The and, sequence uh, is shot in Maui. Mm. Which is why I'm like, like very much like that feels like, ah, oh, it definitely feels like it's a <laughs> um, It is, excuse me, it is a very impressive jump mm-hmm. that, uh, Again, it's kind of funny, right? Like this whole time, like Steve McQueen's insisting, I oh, I want to act, I want to be a real actor, and hey, I think he's pulling it off great. Um, but there's this one little bit, of, oh, but I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so when he lands, mm-hmm. he grabs onto the 
floating device. Mm-hmm. And then narration suddenly occurs that <laughs> has not been there at all. And it says, uh, Papillon made it out, made it out, made and it out, <laughs> and lived the rest of his life as a free man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they point out what happened to the prison. Yeah. Uh, and they, they show uh, what they, what they, I guess, purport to be real images. Mm-hmm. It's like the, ov- the growth has taken over. Right. The prison, mm-hmm. uh, the growth of the natural jungle, the natural, you know, yeah. w- world has overtaken it. And they, they make sure to point out that uh, Papillon outlived this prison system that tried to destroy him. Right. Uh, which is just to show like he, he was stronger than it. You know, right, it's right. just kind of like this idea of like, uh, like he, he, you know, he escaped it, but also it, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And it's kind of so it's this weird kind of uh, even as he remembers it. It is it is something that can't is not connecting to the modern world at all, right? Um, which I found that was kind of cool, yeah, to see and mm-hmm. to see the, the in a weird way seeing the prison be overrun by nature. Yeah, they play this behind. It's the images are shown behind the credits, yeah, and it's kind of isn't it silent? Like there's no. It's silent, there... and then the score starts kind of the Jerry Goldsmith sort of starts really kicking it in, yeah, a little bit. Um, so it's a strong ending. It's a strong ending. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean the the other thing is I think. Going into this film, mm-hmm. since it is based on a memoir, we know he makes it. Right. That's the thing. Funny. True. We know he makes it. So I, I think what makes this interesting is that there are so many attempts. Right. Because obviously, you know, he does make it. So when you're watching it and you see him, that first escape attempt, oh my God, it's like, wow, he's escaping this early. No, yeah. obviously he fails. <laughs> it's like, but even the second one, I think, is so so big and so grand. And then that to fail, it's like, oh my God. Like, yeah. The, the kind of resilience of this character. This movie is is a very lengthy movie. It's mm-hmm. two and a half hours long. Yeah. And it definitely does need that room to breathe yeah. and to let you feel everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 at the end of the day, for me, like this movie is like, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's not really my kind of thing I want to sit through. Yeah. Let alone, let alone twice. And not saying in terms of quality, in terms of like the, these stories I got to really be ready for. Um, I don't want happy fun everything all the time but this is one of those cases this will not be easy to sit through and i sat through it twice (laughs) um but i definitely like you know it's sign on the success of the film the movie was successful yeah you know the movie cost around like 12 million dollars i think it made double that and Mm -hmm. for 1973 it's a good it's a big deal Mm -hmm. um the movie was successful and found commercial success and found some critical acclaim um overall what is your kind of thoughts on on, on this one, then, I, I mean, it, I, I mean the same as you. It's it's obviously it, I don't enjoy watching people suffer, so it's yeah. kind of like like oh what a rough what a rough ride. Yeah. Um, and I I Sorry. you know I think <laughs> you're having a lot of trouble with your water. My hydro I'm not used to the size of my hydro flask in this new environment, <laughs> so I, I apologize. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I think, you know, I'm watching it for McQueen. I think McQueen is, is such a good actor and here he's really showing off and able to play against type, play into type, you know, go all kinds of directions with his performance. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, we've been saying it this, this all along, like the, the way that characters drop in and out, the way that characters don't make a lot of sense, come and go (laughs) like, who, who are they? Where'd they go? Oh, okay. And Uh, even if that's accurate to his life, you know, the real Papillon's life, mm -hmm. um, it is one of those cases where it's like it's hard for me to hang my hat on uh, a lot of this movie for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have McQueen, you do have Degas, you have Neil Hoffman, who's also equally good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, McQueen's your anchor, and that's why you use Steve McQueen. 
uh, use Hoffman is uh, the character actor, and that's why you have a good time enjoying his presence when he shows up. They're a good act. They're a good double act. This is also the time before Hoffman, you know, like, Hoffman could be the leading man when you want him to be, but if you need him to be support, he can do that great as well. But this is Steve's show, and I think he, he nails it. So let's, uh, when we come back, mm-hmm. we'll see if that pair of Degas and Papillon uh, live up to this one uh, in Papillon 2017. Hello, this is Brendan Creasy, and I'm the host of Radio Brendo Man, a podcast on the Benvy Network. I'll be interviewing a new guest each episode on the show. We'll be talking about creating things, all things geek culture, movies, TV, and all kinds of other stuff. If that sounds cool, check out Radio Brendo Man at RadioBrendo.com, BenviewNetwork.com, or in your podcast app. Okay, escape number one didn't work out so well, so we're back with escape number two. Yeah. Papillon, 20, you said 2017. Yeah. Also wanna, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to stick with 2017. That's but fine. yeah, it did. We we saw it this year because it didn't come out till this year. Didn't come out till this year. But like it's that weird, it's that weird delayed from a festival to mm-hmm. the to the audience situation. Uh and it's one of those cases where it's like it's you know it's not unheard of to have the film come out like this long after the release. Mm-hmm. If it came, if it did the, uh, 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 it was at Toronto Film Festival in September. That's not wrong, but I want to point out that its release was in August, not a strong release date to do a movie that's a high drama, mm-hmm. semi Oscar Beatty decision, uh, this kind of film. Do you really think it's Oscar Beatty? <laughs> well, I, I feel like <clears throat> these movies can be. Yeah. And that's why I said semi. Because mm-hmm. like, listen, you want to do a movie about a, 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 in which the lead actor gets to be pushed to, to physical and emotional like limits. That's what, that's when you release this kind of movie in November or December to get the Oscar thing. Mm. Um, or heck, they might have even tried to release it really soon after September, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to go too much into this film's plot by plot because surprisingly... Pretty similar. Pretty close. Uh, let's talk about the director. Yes, please. His name is Michael Nowhere. Mm-hmm. And we don't know him from anywhere because <laughs> this is his first film as far as I can tell. Looking it up, it doesn't seem like he did much before this. I think uh, he's done like miniseries TV show stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting, huh? Um, you, you, you think, hey, I'm going to make my first film. Yeah. What do I want to do? That's right. A remake of Papillon. Wait, yeah. excuse me? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's a, it's a tricky situation, but... Oh, well. Oh, well. No, it's, it is, it is a big step into a different direction. Um, and is it his first English language project? Yes. Okay. Oh, so. Jumping uh, all in. Yeah, that's Jump, really. Jumping all in. That's really something. Um, uh, this film, uh, Papillon, mm-hmm. is Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Now, uh, Charlie Hunnam, mm-hmm. uh, 
he was uh, in he was uh, in King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. That's yes. the name of that film. Correct. And that's Correct. A, that's a film that I think of fondly, even though it was super cheesy and not well received. <laughs> um, I, I just it's silly. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm good for it. Jude Law's like an evil magic bad guy. I'm in there. Sure. Yeah. Um, Hunnam is a guy who I feel like um, I like him fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my first exposure to Charlie Hunnam was in Undeclared mm-hmm. uh, as one of the college students with, you know, like Jay Barshell and Seth Rogen. And he was pretty funny in that show. Um, Charlie Hunnam is uh, British. Yes. And he's here. I think he's doing American as a Frenchman. Yeah, I think it's that weird double work like the original Papillon film is. Where yeah, it's like he's not playing it as a Brit. He's not playing it French though. Yeah, but he's still French, so mm-hmm. it's that American movie role thing. Um, Hanum is fine. I I I I I know he's you know you know very popular from Sons of Anarchy, um, Pacific Rim. Pacific, well, here's my yeah, thing. Here's the thing. He's not what we come to Pacific Rim for. <laughs> nope. I like Pacific Rim quite a bit, but I've said this several times folks like Charlie is fine not that charismatic mm-hmm. to really push that movie for me and I kind of wish they got someone a little bit more like charismatic for that part mm-hmm. uh, he's fine yeah like he's fine you mm-hmm. know and that's kind of I feel about Charlie Hunnam in general um, I heard he's really good in the city of Z okay oh um, that's how I've, I've heard of that yeah, yeah. With, with Tom Holland, I think of all people, yeah. is in that film. I, it's on Netflix. It's on not Netflix. Uh, Amazon. Hmm. So I'm curious about checking it out. But he's very good in that one. Uh, this film's digger, yeah, is Rami Malek, mm-hmm. famous recently for uh, Mr. Robot, yes, and the soon-to-be-released biopic of Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. um, called Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. It's correct. Uh, so yeah, he he's used to playing weirdos like i don't, I don't think that's wrong yeah and i i like him as that yeah like, i i i only watched the first season of mr robot i liked it a lot i never i just never caught up with the rest of it and i liked him in that yeah uh i like him pretty much everywhere i see him like he's yeah he's just really good but he i think he uh, as you were saying with dustin hoffman in the 73 version he occupies that space of the character actor yes he is uh, uh i i i don't I want to see him as a lead. Right. I don't think he's a typical lead. No. Is the thing. But but him as a lead is is exciting. Here he's he is the co-lead. He is the character actor to the typical, you know, leading man that is Charlie Hunnam. Agreed. No. Uh I I feel that is that's one of those weird things about this movie for me is that um it is so it it's a remake. And sometimes in those cases where it's like when they do a remake based on a real person, maybe yeah. they want to try to do their own thing after there's a famous other interpretation of yeah. it and maybe not stick so close to the cla- to the one that was famous and try to expand on it in different ways. I don't think that's what they did here. Yeah, it's, this is uh, we I mean, I can't. What have we done before where it was it was both both films are based on the same book. That's mm-hmm. technically the case here, yeah. but it doesn't feel like it. No. <laughs> um, you can make the argument that Murder on the Oreo Express right, yes. is, is one of those examples where it's like, it's Kenneth Brown's doing a new version of mm-hmm. Agatha Christie, but he's so doing his own thing. He's not trying to look like Albert Finney. He doesn't even try to do the weight thing like Albert Finney, even though that's more accurate to the book. Yeah. Um, doesn't cast the same way, um, but it is based on the same book. Mm-hmm. This is this case, though. 
while they claim that is a new adaptation, you know, they don't claim that hard. They do acknowledge. Yeah. They actually do acknowledge in production of the film that, yes, the original film is something they, they, they want to emulate too. Mm. Down to the fact that you have a, a, a handsome, blonde, young man play Papillon and a uh, nebuchadnezzar-looking character actor playing Dega. Yeah. You're not hiding who you're trying to hide. Yeah. Um, this is definitely your, just like you looked at the poster of the original film and went, cool, now Charlie Hunnam <laughs> and Rami Malek. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, I, I, I didn't know where I wanted to bring this up, but it's, um, it, it is technically based on not just the uh, one memoir. He wrote a second memoir. Yes. About his life after prison. That was called Bonko. Yes. And while that's never been technically adapted, I, I believe they use elements of it in this film. Yeah. Uh, I did see that the, the cover of the book is uh, is Bonko, The Further Adventures of Papillon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that did as well. Yeah, probably not. Uh, because I believe they're using some elements of that in his explanation of the crime that he's accused of. Mm-hmm. Because this film... Well, this film's weird. Let's... Let's okay. Sure. The, fir- the first... What's the first thing you see in this film? Mm. He's in isolation. Yeah. We open with that. Right. Then we cut to before that. He's robbing a house. We are seeing him straight up being a safe cracker. Yeah. Now, one of the things I brought up, uh, kind of hinted at in the, in the 1973 segment of this episode, is that in the Wikipedia page, the first line is, Papillon, a safe cracker. And I went, ah, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. That may be accurate to the book, mm-hmm. which it is. Uh, that may be accurate to this version of the film. But if we are going by just information given to us by the 1973 film... It is never clearly stated what Papillon did before this short of killing a pimp. I think he says, at one point he does say he's a thief, but it's just like, it's so... Vague. Yeah. It's not safe cracker. It's yeah. not master criminal. It's, you know... No. Uh, so here we are seeing him crack a safe open. Yeah. And steal steal the jewelry and, and, and diamonds and stuff. And he climbs down a pipe and he's wearing a fancy suit and he looks he looks like good he's yeah. having a good time. He's 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 uh he's in he's in heist movie mode. Yeah. In in France, you know. Uh he has a girl girlfriend who uh so yeah, so he meets with his kind of uh the the man who set him off on this uh, theft mm-hmm. and he gives him what he has stolen and the guy's the guy's like this little, you know, rough guy and he's like, hey, if you if you've taken anything from me, if you haven't given me all of it, mm-hmm. I'll kill you on the spot. And uh, and he has some joke, like some smart ass remark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the old guy love. He's like ah ha ha. And then and then that's kind of it. And then he meets up with, as you said, his girlfriend who mm-hmm. works at this she's club. Like, yeah, she's, she's some form of sex worker, perhaps. Yeah, like it's, at least a performer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, pro- definitely a sex. Yeah, some, some sort of sex worker. Yeah, yeah. Um, this. Unlike the 73 film, we are actually really getting a full dose of Papillon's life before prison. Yeah. Um, we see how he lives it up. We get to see, basically, it's Charlie Hunnam gets a chance to look really sexy for about like 20 minutes. Yeah. He, <laughs> he did, in fact, keep some of the diamonds that his boss was saying, if you kept any, I will kill you. Yes. So, and he's using that to both um, kind of show, show his girlfriend that we can have a better life and to have a night on the town. They go out. They go drinking. They see a circus performance. Uh, they end up back at back at wherever they're staying, and yeah. they have a night of crazy sex. Yeah, yeah and then sure. they uh, wake up in the morning, and there's a knock on the door. The people are there to arrest Papillon for the murder of a pimp. Yeah, 
And this is a man that we saw get beaten up in the the the, the scene where Papillon's delivering the goods to his boss. Yeah. Uh, so this is they're pinning this man's death after after some torture beat up session on Papillon, and it's, it's because perhaps the mm-hmm. boss knew that he stole the diamonds. It is actually kind of fascinating uh, in this case because um, this is one of the cases now. Sometimes we explain what what version do we see first, yeah. depending on. And I'm very more or less my loose rule is if I haven't seen the film at all, I will do the new one first to be mm-hmm. fair to the new one. Yeah, um, and that's what I did here. I, I also did that. Oh, yeah. So you two saw uh, Papillon first. This Papillon first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, side note: <laughs> uh, to avoid the Death Wish remake scenario. Yeah. Um, you definitely, uh, Andrew definitely made sure to tell me you should watch it soon <laughs> because I don't want you to hunt for it like you did Death Wish and go to LA again yeah. for in a shady theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, thankfully the, I had a free weekend or a free morning in the weekend. And despite the, uh, I will say, despite how everyone's jumped the ship from movie pass, I did use my movie pass. Very good for this Papillon yeah. uh, screening. Make them at, pay. Yeah, uh, at a UA. Yeah, yeah, definitely make them pay. I saw like the first screening at a UA uh, in the area. I had to find it. It was, it was still a bit of a drive, but not a forty-minute drive to see a, a movie at a theater that I was worried about. Yeah. So, FYI, uh, I want to give a little context. Yeah. <laughs> I I also had, um, even though I had not seen the old one at this point, when I was watching the new one. And they're showing him, you know, how how he gets caught and sent to prison. Mm-hmm. And they even have a scene where he's in a temporary cell and the yeah. girlfriend is saying, I'll get you out, I'll get you out. And they're like so in love. Yeah. You know, and this is where he meets he meets uh, uh, a friend here yeah. who will continue with him onto the boat. Yeah. But I'm watching all this and I'm like, none of this is in the old one. I just can consen- no. I'm just like, I'm sitting there going like, this is this is so modern. Like, this is so over explainy. This is so... Hammering uh, and, in the emotion. And I mean, this is, I mean, this is not a complaint specifically, mm-hmm. but it's very much like, oh, can we get a female character in here? Yeah. And I, I'm fine with that. But also like this film doesn't need it. Like no. it just, this film isn't about the women that they left behind. Yeah. It's about how they survive inside. And for the first 30 minutes, they want you to think that. Yeah. It's, a you know, like Papillon has a motivation to get to the woman he loves, which is, I mean, again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know how accurate that is. Yeah. Um, in the original film, there is like a woman yeah. that Papillon walks by. And, and she's reaching out to him and saying, I'll get you out or whatever. Yeah. And so it's it's sort of interesting to see her character for one scene with one line and that's it. It's mm-hmm. done. Uh, I'm not saying one's better than the other per se, um, but I am. It is such an interesting like that felt like a decision in the remake it was like we have to. Unlike the original film, we really want to get let you guys get to know Papillon yeah. before prison, so you can you want him to get out. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's some argument to be made for that. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much it worked here, but I can see that being a yeah a reason to expand this stuff. Uh, we get a similar-ish thing with Degas, where he um, his wife is like falling over herself to kind of reach out to him as mm-hmm. he passes by. And the, the prisoners are kind of put on parade down the city street before they get on the ship. I want to bring up right away mm-hmm. the clear differences between uh, Rami's performance of Degas and Hoffman's performance of Degas. Yeah. Um, Hoffman plays the character 
uh, like kind of what you brought up earlier is he plays a character very unsure and kind of weak. And yes, besides glasses, mm. he does come off as someone who's going to be meek and easy to, to stab. He's yeah. very stabby. Yeah. You know, um, in terms of, of prisoners who want to, you know, take his shit. This digger, and I think this comes from the form of casting a guy like Rami, because I think he plays it this way, mm. is arrogant. Yeah. And so sure of himself. Yeah. And he... This is a different kind of stabbing where I want to stab him because he's like you asshole. Yeah, (laughs) you you got caught and now you're acting like you're just gonna walk out of here next week. No, no, that is a very clear difference. of the character. I will say though, he I believe Rami Malek is doing some of the mannerisms and voice that Hoffman was doing. There's a bit of it, yeah, yeah. It's and it was so weird to me to see the new one then the old one to go. Oh, that's where he got it from. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it kind of, with Hoffman, it kind of settles as the film goes on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's supposed to be saying something about what the prison is doing to him or just he got tired of doing a weird voice. Mm. But it's definitely, it, Rami Malek carries it through his whole performance, the the very first way that you hear Hoffman speak and talk yes. and act. Yeah, agreed. And so I, I'm just kind of like, oh, but he does carry with an arrogance in it, which yeah. is a, a twist on it, which is it's interesting. Yeah, you know, agreed. No, I and I think you're totally on point because that is something that I find fascinating is that it's like the DNA of Hoffman's performance does transfer over to Rami's performance, mm-hmm. but I don't really feel like he's ripping him off. But no. I, it only you're right. It only comes clear to me after I saw both films. I go, oh, you're right. There it is. It's a little bit. Yeah. Um, but because of the fact he's playing Degas so arrogantly and so pompous. Mm-hmm. Uh, does allow me to see it as a kind of a different take on the character. So mm-hmm. I don't feel that as like he's ripping off Dustin, you know. Um, uh, so let's let's carry, uh, let's do the comparisons. But mm-hmm. So the, the character that I brought up that's in, that he first meets, that Papillon meets in the little jail before yeah. they get on the boat. Yeah. Uh, do I have his name? Let me see if I can find it. I recognize the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, where is it? Maybe it's... No, it's not. Maybe it's Toussaint. I believe it's Toussaint. Mm-hmm. He, but he, he is the the one. So on the ship, he's the one who kind of points out Degas. Yeah. He, um, there's a bigger fight there, mm-hmm. which occurs. There's a very large man mm-hmm. that is going to kill Degas after he had already been caught killing, not caught, but he had killed another man sleeping next to Degas. Yeah. And so Papillon offers to help Degas. Degas turns him down. Papillon proves himself by beating up. This guy. Yeah. Um, so it's similar in a way, except it's more about the fighting because yeah. it's more physical and it's it's a big size difference. This guy's huge mm-hmm. compared to Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Um, and he does cut his face. It's all very it's all very echoes of the original. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and then we get to where it's very different. Yeah. So the man that was in the jail cell with Papillon is now he's been buddy buddy with him this whole time. He stole the shiv that this large man was using. He hit it under his foot, and then he uses that shiv to cut his leg. He says, I'm going to get out of here real quick. I'm going to I'm gonna get to the infirmary, and I'm going to get out from there. And it's clear that this he has never done this before. Mm-hmm. This is not out of fear of having done this already. So the way they're getting off of the ship is a giant ladder. <laughs> it's huge. They're very high up. This is, yeah. And it's like they kind of have to go one at a time down this ladder because it's just so... It's so tall, this tall ship that they're getting off of. There's no gangplank. It's just like, go down the ladder now. Terrifying. Right. Uh, This guy, he's cut his leg already, so he's he's prepped to hurt himself. 
He starts to go down the ladder, and I think he kind of does it on purpose, but he falls off of very high. Yeah. Like, it is it is terrifying to see his fall and the, the crack of the bone, and he's just like, Ugh, like, he's just screaming. One will make the argument that uh, this is a little bit more believable of getting oh, that injury, yeah. unlike the other one where it's like, oh, no, I tripped. He kind of did I, a somersault yeah. off the gangplank. This looks like, even if he didn't cut his leg, yeah. that looked fucking painful. Mm-hmm. And the injury he created is a lot more believable for that scenario. Yeah. Um, so he's in the infirmary. They mm. get the they get the whole speech. Now, the warden here, it's one singular warden. There is yes, one man yeah. who gives all the speeches and mm. deals does all this. Yeah. This guy, he's magnetic. I no, thought sure. he was yeah. he has such a clear like he has a good look. Mm-hmm. He very much fits this role. Yeah. This is he's like such a small character actor that I looked him up and he's no English. This is like his first English performance. (laughs) And he's like considering quitting acting so he can like do charity work or something. Like, I'm just like, no, please keep being in films like this. He has like this stunning mustache. This guy, (laughs) this guy, I was just like, who is this actor? Like, is he a name? uh, Oh my God. After all that praising, you should. (laughs) Uh, Yorick Van Wagen. Wagen and Jin. It's good for me. Yeah, I, <laughs> honestly, so good. Like yeah. it is, it is crazy. So, um, he really, and I think he really sells it in all the scenes where he has to interrogate Papillon yeah. and all the scenes where he has to impose his power onto the prisoners. It's just so apparent. This is, this is what he does. Right. This is, it's, it's great. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. And that's, that's the kind of thing where I'm just like, this is why I like watching these weird little movies. You'll mm. see an actor that you've never seen before and you'll yeah. never see again. And they give such a great performance that if I saw them in another movie, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> but yeah, I'm probably never going to see this guy again. Yeah. It's just it's just one of those tiny details that I'm just excited for in these movies. And it's it, that's one of those cases where it's like an improvement, mm. obviously. You know, like the circumstances that we talked about in the other film is that like, you know, we, they, had, they switched over and changed and it's a little feels like uneven. Mm-hmm. Here it's like, okay, listen, we can make this character, this warden character into a character. Yeah. You know, and it's simplification. Yeah. I think that's the name of the game in this remake. I they think, streamline a lot of things. Here's the thing. Simplification for the better and for the worse. Sure. Um, I think this is a case where I think before we go into even like the really big differences mm-hmm. that we have to checkpoint here and there and what they did one version to the other version. Um, I feel the most modern thing about this movie is that how much it's like they took the, 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 the big beats of the original film. And went cool. What's a modern way of doing it? And in in that in in the way that like it really nails it to the audience. Yeah. So okay, it's like they point out the the, the person who killed the the man next to Dega that in the boat. He's now bigger. He's more imposing. Yeah. Um, the jump for the gentleman's leg is now higher and more gruesome. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the game for this movie is we take what's gruesome amp it up to a modern sensibility. We take the story, we take any form of subtle 70s storytelling and really hit it over your head mm-hmm. about why everyone does what they do. And the film's shorter. And the I think film, <laughs> well, the film is shorter. Didn't feel it. No, 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 no. Uh, so I want to follow this line of this, this man who has broken his leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not there when they give the speech about, you know, if you try and escape, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's all the same rules. Yeah. Um, so then uh, later that day or later, later in the week or something, mm-hmm. he does try and escape. Yeah. 
and he fails and he kills a couple of guards and he's just like spitting. He's very mad. This Papillon is like shocked to see that he's about to get killed. He kind of like, it doesn't, um, they want them to kneel or something and he yeah. doesn't kneel right away. So they have to like hit him to get him to kneel. Mm-hmm. This guy goes up head in the guillotine. He's beheaded. Right. So then, uh, I don't know if it's one of the guards or the warden specifically because Papillon disobeyed. Yeah. He's like, you pick someone and the both of you will carry out the body. Right. And Degas is... <laughs> Rami Malek's performance here yeah, yeah, yeah. is very good because he's just like, not me, not me, not me, not me. And all, it, it, all yeah, he yeah. has to do is reach over, touch his shoulder, it's and like, he's just oh like, mm. <laughs> He's just, no! It's interesting that it is, in fact, the same body. Mm-hmm. It's the same character. Um, unlike before, where it's a shocking reveal. Oh, God, it's him, and I'm going to throw up. I think it's... This is where, again, you, you ump the brutality, right? Mm-hmm. So it's... You, you, Degas saw this murder, this death in front of him. Now, this gruesome dead, dead man that he saw whose whose head's in a separate, separated. Mm-hmm. Now you have to take this to essentially the equivalent of a garbage. Yeah. You, you and 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 Papillon. Um. In terms of also amplifying the other things, like it's funny, like I brought up that in the seventy three version, uh. When they're making their deal with the the other the other guy in the prison, it's like in Papillon's like, "Hey, isn't your time for you to go to the bathroom?" Uh, and he's about to do it, in which the other kids, "Oh, no need to do that now. I'll take care of it later." Mm-hmm. Not this version. No, this version. <laughs> they go over there, and we we don't see every detail, but yeah. we do see Rami's very uncomfortable face of pulling something out of his ass. And and there's uh, this film has like weird comic beats. Yeah, because in this moment, so he's like, "Oh, where's where's the toilet?" And Papillon's like, uh, "It's over there. It's like <laughs> it's like a hole in the ground, you know." Yeah. And so when they go over there, there's like a window next to it, and there's a guy in the window like watching. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Papillon like it, like hits him or something. He's like, "Turn around! Like, yeah. he, what are you doing, you idiot?" <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, what is this? Like, there's weird little comic beats like that, yeah. things that would never exist in the original. Yeah. But here. It's not that it necessarily keeps it light, mm-hmm. but it's kind of it's it's showing all aspects for yeah. better or worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do again, you know, again. It's it's so it's so funny how many of the beats are remaining practically word for word even, yeah. to a certain degree. Um, yes, we do get the scene of them about ready to go to the hospital job, and then someone recognizes Diga, Diga and yeah. now they're doing the, the the physical labor job. But this is one of those cases where this is where they've expanded differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, one this time out, unlike a couple of pri- uh, this time out, the prisoner that they're sort of befriending or getting to know mm-hmm. is a completely different character in all bounds. Yeah, um, he's a he's a, another kind of stronger guy, maybe a little older than pa- a lot older than Papillon, but you can tell he's physically capable. Mm-hmm. Um, is this the sailor guy, or yeah. is this okay? Okay, this is the sailor guy. Yeah. Uh, and he already has like his eyes on Dega in the I hate you fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big, big differences in this version as opposed to the other one is as, as Dega is going through the manual labor. There's no butterflies. There's no butterflies. Yeah, no. It's, it's <laughs> just, this is just straight manual labor. Um, he's developing kind of like a dysentery, I guess, to a certain degree. Yeah. And at one point, while they're walking around, um, you know, Dega, you know, they're pushing this cart of rocks and Dega goes and leans over to Papillon's like, I've, I've pooped. Basically I've let out, I've been, I've been like my blood up the poop. I've, I've got a lot of poop coming out. And uh-huh. Papillon's like, well, all right, keep it to your, you know, just clean up when you're done. No, no, that's a problem. Cause I lost the money. Yeah. 
so they have to go looking for it. They have to go looking for poop. Yeah. They have to go looking for like the poop money mm-hmm. that came out of the guys. And it's like it's it's that it's it's the um, dramatic scene where he's trying to reach it. He can't reach it. They're like on some tracks where yeah. they're moving the rocks. And he can't quite reach it. And the guard is like, what's going on? Why are y'all stopped? Come yeah, on. Yeah. Keep moving. And uh, he manages to get it just before the guard's going to come over and see what he's trying to grab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like that. Like, that's the, those are the type of uh, embellishes they've done. Like, yeah. It's gruesome. It's more gruesome. It's more, uh, uh, it's, it's more like, oh, that's, this is this harsh as hell. Um, another really big difference here is this fight scene. Mm-hmm. That happens. Oh, yeah. There's a fight in the shower. Yeah. So I think, is this an enemy that Dagon made on the boat? Dagon and Papillon made this enemy on the boat? Yeah. So, yeah, they made it. It's more than the big guy. There was, like, another guy that was on the boat. Mm -hmm. And then they continue having face-offs with this guy where he's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Yeah. And Papillon's like, no, you're not. Like, get, get out of here. <laughs> so, there's a huge, so yeah, there's this like this full on like naked guy versus naked guy fight scene in the yeah. prison shower. That's yeah. definitely, was not even close to being in the original film. No. And uh, I mean, Papillon gets a shit beat out of him, yeah. but he wins. Like, yeah. but he's very clearly like, because he's naked, you can see all the bruises and the blood mm-hmm. on him. And uh, this is where it's, it's more shown that uh, Degas is worthless in prison. Right. Degas at one point is just laying on the ground, like, unable to do anything to help. Yeah. He, he doesn't, he won't, you know, grab, he won't punch, he won't kick. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, he's worthless. So it's kind of, it's kind of that interesting, they're, they're building here to a, a point that isn't mm-hmm. in the 73 version. Yeah. Uh, showing every time there's a fight where he will not fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, also interesting to, uh, uh, the little end tag for the fight here is Degas like kind of putting his hand on Papillon to say, you know, like, hey, thanks. And Papillon really makes it clear. It's like on, Dude, this is not that relationship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I got my ass kicked to help you, and I just—he doesn't say these words, but that's the implication. It's like mm. I like this is when you said it earlier. Like, oh boy, did I team up with the wrong guy? <laughs> this is furthering that thought because mm-hmm. Papin just got his ass kicked naked in a shower to help out this dude. Yeah. Um. Again, a lot of the same beats do come up. They, uh, yeah, there's the um, the, the escape happens in a different way with well, the, a different kind of character. The deal that has, he, yeah, the deal's with a different character completely. Yeah, while while they're doing their um, quarry work, uh, they there's a there's a man who I guess runs uh, on the road brothel. I guess, <laughs> and uh, so he, his car breaks down, so he rides with the guards, which is in the car like right ahead of where Papillon and. Uh, and uh, Degas are. Mm-hmm. So he tries, Papillon tries to make the deal and there's the same fake out yeah. where the guard says something, call, or the, the man calls a guard and then he's like, which woman do you want sent to your room? And that's yeah. the fake out. And so he says, oh, I'm just up the river, you know, Papillon, just just bring the money and come on up and I'll be there. Yeah. And uh, so this is, while they're taking that beheaded body of their kind of friend, yeah. <laughs> this is where Degas falls, mm-hmm. begins to throw up, cannot continue, mm-hmm. starts to get beat up by the guard. Papillon, like, full-on knocks this guard out. Yeah. And I think to the point where he's afraid he might have killed this guard. Yeah. And so then he runs. Yeah. And he's, he's like, I got this guy. I'm going to go try and get make my deal with this guy. Yeah. And the scene plays out exactly the same. Yeah. He goes, um, he gets caught, he's brought back. Yeah. They're m- much more explicit about the fact that the guard didn't die. He almost yeah. died. So what's going to happen now is Papillon is entering his two years of solitude. Uh, it is this, the same. It's quiet, etc. There's the a big coconuts. Diff- the same. The, the biggest difference. Yeah. 
um, is, and I understand, you know, like uh, 1973, a little harder to risk the idea of, of, of Steve McQueen not saying anything. Yeah. You know, uh, that's why he counts his steps out loud, even though he probably shouldn't have. There's a big, there's a big bit in the original film where he kind of take grab, puts his hands on the on the bars on the above him, lifts himself up, and goes like, "I'm still alive, you bastards." Yeah. Which is the line he says at the end of the film. Um, this time, Papillon actually says nothing. Yeah. Zero things. Fully silent. Fully silent. Yeah. Um, everything plays out very similar. I'm going to say this is this is the probably the strongest part of this film. I will agree uh, because his performance is very good. Yeah, I will say that this dream sequence is bullshit. <laughs> I it's worthless. Yeah. Th- you think of like I even you know even before I saw the '73 version, mm-hmm. I'm watching this and then I get to the end of the movie and I went. Oh, so that dream sequence was bullshit, right? Like, because yeah. it, what we see is he's having memories that are mixed with his current day. Yeah. Where, like, he sees a safe in the wall of the isolation room. Right. But it's he tries to crack it and he can't. Yeah. And then he, he has a vision of remembering when he was out on the town with his girlfriend. Yeah. But now one of the circus performers is... Degas, Degas in yeah. mime makeup, and there's a part where it's just them. It's just the mime, you know, Degas as a mime doing his performance in front of Papillon. Like that doesn't mean anything. This is no, that, uh, no, agree. No, <laughs> like, when you, when compared to the 1973 dream sequences, they added a backstory. Like you said earlier, they did exactly what you said. A, a decent, good dream sequence will do. Yeah, Maybe a backstory that wasn't been mentioned and hopes and dreams. Like it and goes, hopes and dreams. you go both ways with it, and then this one just didn't well, there's a part of me that likes the idea of of seeing the safe in his room, yeah, in his cell, and you know it goes back to and the idea that he, you know he used to be able to crack his way out of the situation, literally crack his safe and get it out of there. Mm-hmm. Here, it, it's it could have been in a case where it's like. He's trying to, and it never works. That's the angle I would have preferred. Yeah. But all that bullshit, which I'm with you with, is of, oh, seeing his girlfriend and seeing Degas a mime. Oh, what does any of this have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. Um, the big difference with the coconut scene here is that uh, it looks like a guard catches on or somehow just wants to see the bucket first before he gives it to Papillon. Yeah. Sees that there's a coconut, kills the guy who's been giving him the coconut. Well, yeah, and the way they do that is very over the top in the way that I think it was maybe a little bit of ADR, maybe a little sure. bit of added yeah. information. Uh-huh. Or maybe it was supposed to be the guard The guard just knocks out the food guy. Mm-hmm. But then after we see him fall, there's like a second voice that's like, oh my God, you killed that guy. And I was like, like we oh, saw, come on. Because like we saw blood. Yeah. I don't need more than that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, I got it. The guy who gave him the coconut <laughs> is dead. Yeah. I will say this is a bit I really like. In the new version, uh, is the fact that like, and it kind of shows how much of a, a, a Papillon's holding on. Uh, we have the warden come in, and now it's like, okay, who's been giving the coconuts? And Papillon keeps doing, keeps putting his finger to his lips to go shh, mm-hmm. and he does this the entire interrogation, and I kind of love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's really it, it's showing Papillon going like, hey, hey, shut up. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be silent here. That's what you want me to do, right? So I can't talk. <laughs> yeah. It's actually really good. And it kind of keeps pushing that detail further that he won't let down what he was going to do. So, yeah, he does the same thing. They do the two years of darkness um, and he gets out. When he gets out, they do the the same shot. Yes. Uh, that's in, in the 73 version where oh, Degas... Is hearing the speech that he heard, but he's on the other side now. He's working in the prison. It's funny how this works for both versions of the character for yeah. me. Like the, in the 73 version, like the meek, weak, Degas, 
uh, is able to survive and jump to the tops of the ranks because he is. If someone saw his intelligence as helpful and he's weak and meek and like, we'll use it to help us here. <laughs> this Diga, I feel like, is because he's a little slimy and he's a little slithery. Yeah. He sneaked his way to the top. It works for both versions of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, same diff. He checks on Papillon. Yeah. And and uh, this is where he gives Papillon the information that his wife has married his lawyer. So he has no chance of getting out. It's interesting where they that they decided to do it here. And yeah. maybe that's how it was in real life, I don't know, or mm-hmm. they decided it was it made narrative sense to put it here so it, now he has a real reason to leave. Yeah. Um because he is part of this new second escape plan explicitly. It is interesting where I feel like is one better than the other? Mm-hmm. Do you can you actually say that? Can you do you think one is better than the other or does it really matter? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I yeah, because I really do enjoy in this new version the way that it seems at one point that Degas will not join them. Yeah. And Papillon says, no, I will wait for him. And the other two are ready to go. Yeah. I like that a lot. Same. Yeah. Like, I really, 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 really like that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'd have to say that. I mean, honestly, that's I think that plays better for me. No, I, I think it does. And it's weird because I, I have I was back and forth on that because I was like, it doesn't matter. Does it really matter that if Degas pointed out on, on Devil's Island that, oh, by the way, my wife married my lawyer? Mm-hmm. Because in that version, they actually didn't hit so hard that he had hopes of his wife getting him out. Yeah. They brought it up a bit, but it's not the main narrative thrust the same way the new one is. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's my modern sensibilities feeling that's... I think that connected. I mean, yeah, honestly, that's 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 what it, I think that's what it is for both of us because yeah. <laughs> they made this movie to be modern. They yeah. they amped everything up, and I think we respond to that having yeah. having seen films like this all the time. We're like, yeah, this this reads as what it should be. But it's funny yeah. how we also reject the modern stuff as well. Like it's like yeah, it's it's this back and forth I have with the new film. Mm. Um, so yes, this time out. Uh, this time. The big event that's happening is they're gonna watch King Kong. Yeah, a wow. movie, a movie. This what, is a moving picture. One of them picture shows. <laughs> so um, real footage of King Kong thirty three, FYI, yeah. not some BS. Like we're watching King Kong, we never seen footage. Oh no, that's footage from King Kong. <laughs> yeah, um, which is kind of appropriate because it's a, a big, big amount of that movie's in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Part of me is like, I would want to watch King Kong. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Um, have you have you heard of this? This is it's it's funny that you say you want to watch King Kong like that. It's mm-hmm. there's I can't remember where I read this or where I saw it. Brought oh, I know up, what you're talking about. But it's the idea that in a film yeah. you should never show another film that is better or yeah. possibly better <laughs> yeah, than your yeah, film because yeah, yeah, then yeah, your yeah. audience will just say, "Oh, I just why didn't I just watch that?" <laughs> so it's kind of it's that tricky thing where like films want to reference other movies, but yeah. mm, you gotta watch because. People are just going to go, oh, I, I wish I was watching that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's, that's definitely the case in this one. <laughs> um, uh, this time out, it looks like the boat's fine. Well, and so the team is different as yeah, well. The team is different. That's true. Um, what, uh, well, Dega, better, I guess. Yeah. Degas is explicitly going to join. Yeah. Um, the sailor character is coming along. He's like, I know how to sail. I'm useful. I'll mm-hmm. help you. And Maturette is... Different. Yes. He is not explicitly gay in that mm-hmm. sense. He is being harassed by the infirmary uh, ward or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, this guy wants to have sex with me every night and I have to fight him off. Right. And he's like, but 
if you want to escape, yeah, I'll tell him to meet me and then we can beat him up and yeah. then we can go. Um, again, change it from 73 to this one, right? In 73, uh, he, at the very minimum, just says, come here. Yeah. And then they beat him up. Not this version. No, this version, he he goes all the way to the point where he is uh, giving him, uh, uh, how do I put it? Without being gross, uh, <laughs> I mean, I want. I mean, let's say, okay, like it's he's giving, explicit. Listen, it's pretty explicit. He's giving him a blowjob. Yeah, and we see that. I mean, not that full on, but we know that's what he's doing. Yeah, and um, it's very. I, I, I don't. Again, it's not a case of one's better than the other, mm. but I do find that fascinating. Uh, in '73, they're willing to have a character be, you know, very openly out gay, mm-hmm. um, and do very, you know, have him be touched inappropriately. We see that on camera. Yet he, him doing sexual acts on camera was not to be was definitely decided we will not do that yeah whereas in 2018 we will definitely show him you know like doing sexual acts mm-hmm. i it's interesting you know and that is the difference between filming a movie in 1972 to filming a movie in 2016 well you know? and i think it also gives them isn't there a dark comic beat where he's like you could have you could have come in here and beat him up faster like it's yeah yeah and it's like oh god how grim like yeah what's the tone here again yeah it's, <laughs> i feel like we asked that question a lot on a mm, on a remake we're not sure of is what's the tone here yeah what are we trying to do here yeah uh so they when they are about to so there's something where they they're able to get a drug to knock out the guards right mm-hmm. <laughs> then and uh so they don't have to and papillon's very explicit like don't kill anyone because if we get caught then we're all going to be beheaded so yeah. let's just you know knock them out and run away uh so they're able to take out a whole room of guards because they're they've been given sleeping pills yeah uh, essentially mm-hmm. um and then uh rain yeah. Rain starts and they're having an outdoor film. Mm-hmm. So now everyone has to come indoors. So their plan is screwed. Yeah. Um, and this is where they're not sure if Degas going to make it. He's all the way stuck helping out the warden because mm-hmm. he's, he's the warden's right hand man. Yeah. Uh, and then Degas shows up and he's like, Hey, I've got this better idea. We got to go this way. Cause now that everyone's inside, we have to like climb. Don't they have to like, climb over something? Yeah, climb over something this time. Uh, and this is where he falls and hurts his foot or leg or whatever. Yeah. Oh, this time all th- now, but it's the full team is yeah. Is all here, th- all four make it. Yeah. All four make it to the boat. Yeah, there and there is a boat. Yeah, it's a full on raft mm-hmm. type boat. Well, it's a it's more boat than raft. It's more boat than raft. Yeah, because it the starts to fill has, with water. The boat still has problems. Yeah, it has some problems. It's not as bad as the seventy three boat, but it's mm. definitely at least. Still not like problem free. You and know? they sail. We mm-hmm. see them sail. There's an extended scene of them in the water sailing. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> this t- is completely <laughs> absent from the 73 version. Yeah. And I, this is again where, because I watched this version first, I went, wow, he's going to make it right now. No. Yeah, <laughs> Little right, did yeah. I know. Uh, not knowing this is a tip number two. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This time out, there, uh, you know, again, the animosity between the sailor and Daga is now like full. Yeah. Like this is the classic case of we have no we are too heavy. We need to get rid of the dead weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You hear what I'm saying, Papion? <laughs> hey Pappy, you hear what I'm saying? The dead weight. Yeah. Throw your friend over. <laughs> and they're t- and he tries to convince uh, uh Maturette mm-hmm. to to join the Maturette seems willing to go along with whoever's in charge. Right. Like honestly, I feel like that's the character that that he has decided that's the character that's being portrayed here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that when the sailor man says, Hey, we gotta we gotta kill Degas, P- Maturette's like, 
hey, whoever's in charge, I'll go along. I'll help you out. Yeah. So whenever, so whenever Papillon says no, we gotta. Everyone's gonna make it. Matchrat's like, well, I guess everyone's gonna make it. That's okay. Then. <laughs> he literally goes back and forth. Yeah. Uh, so much so to when they're in a, they have a turbulent fight. Uh, Matchrat is thrown overboard, but doesn't fall. He's got a hand on the boat, but he's yeah. not able to get back in. Yeah. And while this is occurring, and the sailor is beating up Papillon, this fucking Degar comes out of nowhere with a knife. Fucking stab. Stabs him a lot. Yeah, a lot. And this is this is what it was building towards. Degas yeah. has been worthless in every fight, never mm-hmm. touched a weapon, never thrown a punch. And here, it comes down to the wire. It's literally live or die, do or die. He does it. And he goes full on overboard too crazy. Yeah. Papillon's like, stop, stop. He's dead. Stop. Yeah. Like, he's not going to make it now. He's done. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so now Matchrat's like, oh, I guess Degas in charge. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, they throw his body overboard. Arguably, so Degas is heavier than than. I mean, arguably, the, the sailors heavier than Degas. Yeah, so, so, so I think it's worked out for them. It, <laughs> it pretty much worked out. Um, they do crash, mm-hmm. but now when they wake up, they're being taken care of mm-hmm. by some a native na- tribal people. It's a, and yeah, a nun con, and as well as nuns. Yeah, they combined them. Mm-hmm. They're now the same place. Yeah. So yeah. the they they kind of have a half a life with the tribal people. It's a lot shorter. Yeah. In every fashion. Yeah. Papillon but, doesn't have a relationship with a with a native woman. Yeah. Maturette kind of takes that role. He a seems bit, like yeah. he seems to be getting along with some some group of girls people. I yeah. And where he's like, I'm gonna stay here. Like I'm fine with this. And yeah. Papillon, he was like, This is paradise, yeah. Pappy. You know. Papillon's <laughs> like, Well, I'll clean up and move on. Yeah. And Degas is also kind of like, oh, I guess I'm here now. Yeah. Because um, his foot is still healing. Right. Um, uh, this is where the nun, the nun's like, Hey, we know where you're from, and uh, if you repent, you're good. Mm-hmm. And Papillon, Papillon's like, Oh shit. <laughs> this, <laughs> this Papillon knows what's up. Yeah. This Papillon knows that that's not true. So he he does leave. He's yeah, he's like I'm going to get out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, like you guys I guess stay here, but I guess I'm out. And mm. he does see the cops and he comes running right back to tell Dega. Yeah. And as him and Dega are about to leave, Dega can barely walk. Yeah. They get to the tent opening. Mm-hmm. Matcheret comes running. There's the guard shot right in front of him. Yeah. That's how Matcherette dies in this one. And I think a very important thing to point out, and it really hit home like the relationship between Papillon and Degas, is uh, Papillon and you know, Degas like, you know, get arrested, they're on the ground. And Degas looks at Papillon, it's like, you came back for me. Yeah. Just, just to hit it a little harder that maybe right now it's not about the money anymore yeah. for him and Degas. Cut to five years. So yeah, they <laughs> they go through his whole five years of isolation. They mm-hmm. take him to Devil's Island. His hair is uh, not as white as Steve McQueen's, yeah. but certainly shocked. They're definitely whiter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here, this introduction to this Devil's Island is mm-hmm. very different. Yes. And I think it's, again, a modern thing. Yeah. Because this is the, the kind of... Um, I mean, uh, 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 I don't know how else to say it. It's like it's kind of a common saying: the the inmates are running the asylum. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's that's what he walks into here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are guards taking him in, but they just kind of go like, "Okay, you're here now." And then <laughs> right as they're leaving, other guards come in with the shipment of food, drop it off, and leave because it gets massacred. Like all the people come over and just take what they want. Right. And then Papillon sees someone. 
he was not expecting to see. <laughs> and that is Degas. Yep. Degas is also looking a bit older. Yep. <laughs> uh, but Degas seems to kind of be running the place. He's a little more control here than he was with Hoffman's version. Yeah. But I, still, it looked like there was a period where he had his wild. Oh, well, and that's, <laughs> that's a thing that we didn't even mention. They, they show several times... This Degas is an artist. Yeah. Because he's a forger, he's good at drawing and painting. Right. So he is continuously sketching. He, yeah. uh, there's a part where he sketches uh, Papillon. Mm-hmm. There's a part where he draws the butterfly. There's yeah. a part where he draws... He's always drawing. And he's drawing like a woman and Papillon's like, is that your wife? And he's like, yeah, she's going to get me out. And he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> and um, so when, when we meet him here, where Degas is living, where Degas has set up on Devil's Island, he has done a mural... Yeah. A full-on mural of the butterfly, the escape attempts, the mm-hmm. island, the prison. Yeah. And it's this is how he has lost his mind. Yeah. And I kind of like this better. Sure. Because it's it's visual, and it's a thread through the film that we've had of him drawing, and his drawings being important to yeah. him. So this is, I was like, this is great. Yeah, yeah. This is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think this is, I, I think, I, I like them both for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think because Hoff, I enjoy. I always like, yeah, like character, character, hardcore character piece Hoffman. I always love, but I do think this works too. Yeah. And like, it's a lot. Funny enough, I kind of been knocking this version to being not super subtle mm-hmm. in comparison to to some of the things he do in '73, mm-hmm. except for this. I think this is a little bit more subtle and a little bit more interesting in its own way. Because you're right, it it uh, it it's a visual representation of how far Degas goes, yeah. as opposed to having him act weird. Mm-hmm. And, and and talk he, to the pigs. Talk to the pigs and muttering to himself. Yeah. Um, same dis- same discovery, uh, except without the first act set up. Yeah, it just kind of comes to him. Yeah. He doesn't he like throw something and he sees it move in the water and he realizes. It's, yeah. It's in regard that is exactly the same as yeah. the Steam McQueen version, except without the setup in Act One with mm-hmm. it. Um, and they're a little shorter with it. Like this time out, there's they both have their bags and Degas. It looks like Degas is gonna jump with him. And yeah. This time out, Degas a little more kind of clear-headed about it, his reasons, and because the fact this version of the film, we see Papillon being obviously innocent yeah. of the crime, this version of the film definitely hits harder that Degas like, listen, I basically belong here. Yeah. You've never belonged here. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. In this version, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, again, not subtle, but at least I understand the in context of this version of the story, it makes more sense to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Papillon throws the bag. He jumps. Now, this, yeah, yes, this, yeah, go this, ahead, is, please, please. this is different. Yes. The jump here, we see Degas. Yeah. We don't see Pap. We're not seeing Papillon land. Yeah. Degas believes that Papillon's going to die. Yeah. And I think that's also part of the reason why Degas will not do this jump. Yeah. Because he thinks he will die. Even yeah. if Papillon lives, he's like, I will never make this jump. Right. Papillon might. Right. And so he he's and he hears he hears him hit water. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, oh my God, he died. Oh my God, he died. Yeah. And then he hears him shout. Yeah. And he's just like, yes, he made it. Like that that triumph is so different from the triumph in the 73 version. Yeah. But it it kind of emotionally pays off better. Sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, this is one of those cases where it's like, I don't know one's better than the other, 100%. Mm. Like, like sometimes we'll say that in this, in this episode here, like, we're being, oh, this is a little better. The other one's better in this version. The mm. other one's better here. Here, it's one of those cases where I think because the, you know, like, the because the, I think the emotional beat is set up differently. Mm-hmm. I think this works really well in its own regard. There is something kind of amazing about seeing Steve jump. Yeah. 
like literally jump that giant thing and like see him survive and see that like impressive feat. Um, I like to also joke in my bread head where like Hunnam's like, I am not doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not Steve McQueen. I'll accept that for the rest of my life. And mm. I am not jumping this clip. Yeah. But the joke, but the, but the, the, the beat here works in its own way. And I agree. Like it, I do felt that, Oh, even I'm not hundred percent in with the movie all the time. This bit I did feel was nicely earned in the sequence of events. They showed it as. Yeah. And then we see, so then here's where I'm, I'm watching the film and we see him out in the water and they start to pan off and I'm like, are we going to get another scene of him fighting the waves for like 10 <laughs> minutes? Good Lord. No, they pan up and there's an airplane. Yes. And it's like, wait a second. It was 1930 something. Mm-hmm. What just happened? Yeah. And it's a 1960 something now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who's on that airplane? It's Papillon. It's old age makeup Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. <laughs> which is really, you know. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> It's just like, oh, okay, I guess. Um, we then cut to him uh, in some sort of office talking he, to, making business with somebody. Yes. He has specifically flown back to France. Which is a big risk for him. Yeah. To publish his memoir. Yeah. Which details all of his time in the prison. Mm-hmm. And in the papers of the memoir, it's not just like a completed manuscript. He's just got like all these papers folded up. Yeah. One of the papers is the butterfly drawing that Degas did. He yeah. kept that somehow all mm-hmm. throughout all these years. And the the guy at the desk is like very dramatic. Like, I know the risk that you're taking coming here. Is it all true? And then it's like, da da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, you know. And then we end with like some words, information, like in classic based this, on real movie stuff. Yeah. Like here's like text information about what really happened mm. and we end with on a on a shot a photo of the real papillon yeah the they, real Henry. they also show the 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 real photos of the prison the, the real, real photos footage, some actual footage filmed. yeah which um, sometimes that bothers me in based on a true story movies where it's like look here's the real thing yeah like um the one that i really it always bothers me as much as i actually like the film do you remember the fighter yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. how that movie ends? Yeah, it's footage like, of the real brothers. While the credits yeah. are going, it shows like, uh, 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 what's his name, Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. and... Talking um, to, actually. Yeah, yeah, talking to the real guy. And I'm like, Dude, we didn't need this. Like, <laughs> what? I believe you. Yeah. I believe this man's real. Yeah. You didn't need to prove it to me by showing me pictures. Yeah. That just—that's the one thing that I was—I'm was like, oh, come on, I believe you. Like, right. if it's like the movie is doubling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this case, this is where it's okay mm-hmm. here. You know, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I think because it's baked into the DNA of the original, yeah. as well. So it's kind of, kind of paying homage to the way that the original does it, where it's like this: this prison system was real. He lived past it, et cetera, et cetera. There's something about it though. There's a line he says before the cut to black, where he's like, you know, like this is, you know, like this is like, oh, like you know, like the editor again. I, I agree. The editor is kind of overdoing. It. Yeah. <laughs> the, the publisher is kind of overdoing his performance. He's like, is this all true? He's like, you know, this is your story, and he's like, it's not my story. It's all, it's all of our story. Right. And I kind of feel like that's nice. It doesn't feel that way when the movie's called Papillon. Yeah. And it's a lot of, it's like different stuff with different prisoners are barely in the movie mm. and they barely feel like fully realized characters. And so I'm like, that's a nice sentiment. It doesn't feel like that though. It feels like it's still the story of Papillon and Degas. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I think if we, if we didn't kind of make it clear, <laughs> for me personally, I don't know about you, but for me personally, the film is, is, it's sort of fine. Yeah. It's watchable. Yeah. But nothing other than 
this version's this film's version of the uh, the seclusion sequence. Yeah, which I do agree. It's it's this is the best part of the film, and I like actually this is the stuff that I feel is there's some good modern up, there's some different changes in the updates and the adaptation here that I like. Mm-hmm. A lot of this movie is is okay, and I kind of felt like I was you know I'm watching a prison film. Got it. Where where I was watching the 73, and I'm really, really glad I didn't do the 73 one first. Yeah. Because I would have been watching the 2018 or 2017 version of it and felt like, yeah, it's the same scene, but now. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's what I would have felt, and it would have been, I would have been distracted as opposed to, this is why that rule exists for me. Mm. It's like, I have to watch the new one first because if the new one is so close beat for beat to the original film, I feel like all I'm going to be doing is comparing it to the original movie in an unfair way. Yeah. Yeah. I And I, I also feel like, for me, if I'm going to, you know, pay money to go to a theater, I want to see something that's going to excite me. Yeah. Something that's going to surprise me. Yeah. And if I had seen an original, you know, if it's a remake, it's like, oh, I kind of know the beats. Like, yeah. I kind of know. If I want to watch a movie at home, that's fine if I know the beats. Sure. I can be a little distracted. Yeah. I no. can pick up my phone every 10, 20 minutes and go like, what's on Twitter right now? No, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And I think, and this is also one of those cases again, where I bring this question up every time we do these, you know, when I feel like I have to bring this question up, and this is the part of the purpose of doing the show, is why do it again? Yeah. What was the point of doing this again? What was the point of doing it again so close to the DNA of the original film? Right. Why, well, like, what was your new angle? What did you want to explore? And outside of adding things, which is what they did, I felt like, well, well, I mean, it's the same story, almost done the same way. So why did we do this? Sometimes again? shot for shot. Sometimes <laughs> shot for shot. Yeah. What? And like, yeah, like there, this, like with the original film, I felt like it was interesting as a way to do some subversion, some information that no one that people didn't know about, subversion with Steve McQueen. Like there was a purpose to the original film. I do this again, with just a slightly different. It's like besides the modern angle, what they're really bringing to the table is nothing new. You can find us online at benviewnetwork.com slash nothing new and on Twitter at nothing new pod. You can also contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nothing new. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at benviewnetwork.com. Okay. Um... So we'll see you next month, I guess. What the heck was that? I don't. Do, oh, was that Dora was there? What? Okay. okay, hold on. Thankfully, I have a bag of candy. Oh, okay. That I'm willing to give out. That's cool. Yeah, it's appropriate, That's... right? Yeah. Even though it's kind of early for this, but it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, kitties. What do we got? I, I want that one. What? <laughs> You can't have like three Kit Kats. What? Do you know what is that? What? What is that kid wearing? It kind of looks like some sort of weird, screwed up, like William Shatner mask. Creepy.